Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. Man, I got another big show for you tonight. Um, should be any minute now. Masada will be calling in. I got a lot to talk to him about. It's been uh, over a year now since I've talked to him on the show. And, um, yeah, I got a bunch to ask him about. I know he wanted to get some stuff off his chest as far as some things DJ said on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, also, later on, about a half hour Scott Summers is going to be calling in um, for a lot of the same purposes. Some things that DJ said on the show, I had asked DJ, you know, why Scott Summers is not booked and uh, why he hasn't been back since he got a please come back chant at 
tournament of death a few years ago, and you know, and a lot of the things DJ said didn't settle well with a lot of people. So, um, you know, I want to give these guys the opportunity to really uh, speak their side of the story and, and say whatever you know they want to say on the topic and, and many others. Because again, I haven't had the guys on the show for a while. So um, definitely want to go over some things with them. Um, so while we wait on Masada calling in, um, man, I, you know, I haven't done a, a regular, quote-unquote, regular show in weeks. So I'm going to try to fit in all sorts of shit tonight. I'm going to try to get in, um, you know, some of my talk about my races that I've, I've done over the past month. Uh, I've done the, the Spartan Sprint, which was in City Field with a Mets play. And two weeks later, I did the Spartan Beast, and um, that that's in uh, the mountains in Vernon. So, yeah, I'll go into detail about both races. I don't really want to jump into that right off the bat. A um, couple other random things. I, you know what? Let me just start with this, man. Um, the other day, uh, I saw shared on Facebook was a beautiful, beautiful portrait painted of the late Trent Acid. And, um, yeah, everybody knows I'm a huge, huge Trent Acid mark. So, um, I mean, it, it, it caught my attention as well as everybody on the Internet that had any love for Trent Acid immediately just saw this picture. And it was just it, – it's amazingly touching. Um, and, I mean, at first glance, anybody that looks at this picture would just look at it and say, well, that's a photograph. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful picture, but not a painting. Like, it's that legit where you look at it and it just looks unbelievably real. Um, well, it turns out it was actually a painting. It's a painting um, done by a girl, Alex Mahoney, in um, Australia. And um, if you want to go check her stuff out, um, Alex Mahoney Art is a page you can go like on Facebook, and you see a bunch of her other stuff. She did a, a Owen Hart. She did um, Jay Briscoe, Adam Cole. She she's just done amazing amazing artwork. I I was really um you know I contacted her about you know if she does sell prints of it and everything like that and it turned out she does she does do um you know some stuff on Redbubble where they you know the, they sell the prints of it and um so you know after contacting her she put the trend acid picture up on Redbubble and I ordered mine like the second I saw it on there so um i'm gonna get that i'm gonna frame it it's gonna be on my wall just absolute beautiful work uh i I can't put it over enough um but yeah go check her stuff out that that shit is just unbelievably unbelievably accurate um so there's that um what else man uh the nfl draft happened um this past week and I'm really happy, man, and I get I get super hyped about football. You don't have to do a lot of talking about football. It gets me right the fuck back in it like we're midseason. So um, the draft, it was a huge, huge thing. We had 12 picks. We ended up trading, ended up with like a eight, I think eight picks or something because we, we traded to get back into the first round draft an offensive lineman. And, um, you know, we, uh, I think we did really, really well. Uh, we went and got uh, DeForest Buckner first round, the seventh pick of the draft, and it's a big deal to me. I thought it was an excellent deal because, number one, Chip Kelly used to coach this guy, as well as um, Eric Armstead, who's on the other side of the line, who's a second-year player now. 
So these guys used to rule the line in Oregon, and now they're reunited on that Niners defensive line. I think it's going to be a very, very dangerous combo. Uh, these two dudes are really familiar with each other and going to make big fucking impact. This dude, uh, I'm not a huge college fan, but I see the tape on these guys when they come out, and um, this, this dude's just a fucking animal, man. He's like fucking six, seven, six, eight, some crazy shit like that. And, um, yeah, he, he's an animal. So I'm hoping that, you know, the two of these dudes teamed up on the line. It's going to be a big deal. And, um you know, the dude, we got offensive linemen late in the, in the first round. The dude's supposed to be a fantastic run blocker. It's really going to open up a lot of shit for our team. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, you know, they're saying Blaine Gowrich really taking control back there, and he's really taking leadership on that um, on that offense as far as the, you know, spring training. So, I don't know, spring training or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, when they're doing that uh, – that training right now, it, it's getting intense, and Gabbard's showing a lot of leadership, which is, which is a big thing. There's going to be a competition between him and Cap, but, you know, everybody knows. Cap wanted to be out of there. So, you know, by all means, the guy who wasn't looking to go anywhere and was trying to really do big things with the team, you know, shit, man, he could step into a leadership role, and it's going to be a quarterback competition. So I'm all for it as long as, you know, the best guy gets out there. Uh, let me see. Shit. Masada should have called in already. Hasn't happened yet. Let me uh, see if I can hit him up. Hold on, just a second. I know it's like the weirdest thing to to do this on a podcast, but you know, I don't have a code, so that should usually make it easier. All right, uh, you know, hit him up real quick just so I could. Uh, Really star line out there, but um, I guess you know. Let me get into these Spartan races and shit. Um, all right, you know, a couple weeks ago, I had my um my city field race, and uh, you know, going into the race, it was um way different than anything I've done because all these other races are normally you know crazy muddy on a mountain and all that shit. Well, this was in the fucking stadium that the Mets play in, so there wasn't anything muddy about it. There wasn't any mountain. There was no barbed wire, none of the stuff that I'm used to. Um, and it, it was just a really, really cool environment because, you know, that, it's a stadium. You know, it's it's not something I've ever done before. So it was really cool. Uh, one thing I was not prepared for, and it really – it really fucked my mood up quite a bit. And really, uh, you know, it really kind of startled me and put me in a negative uh, mind state was one of the first obstacles going in was a rope climb. Now, in last year and, you know, prior to that, I've always been really good with the rope climb. I, I just, I never had a problem with it. thing is, is like a year ago, too, I was 10 pounds lighter. Now, all the 10 pounds I gained is muscle, but... I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter when it comes to weight and climbing a rope. Um, it fucking hurt me quite a bit, uh, especially in this uh, city field joint because the, the ropes were new, they were slick, they were, you know, they weren't muddy, they weren't any kind of tacky or, you know, there was no grip to them. They were slippery as shit. And um, I, I couldn't I couldn't fucking do it. Like, not even close, man. And so I, I left that shit, I did my burpee penalty, whatever. And continued on, and she was she was fucking you know getting to me 
Like, the whole race, all I thought about was that. Um, amongst that, though, the race was off the chain, man. Like, up and down those fucking stairs, tons of stairs. And I felt really good about that because my legs were doing just fantastic. Like, I didn't, I wasn't feeling banged up by these stairs after stairs after stairs. I was, I was killing it. And uh, I did really well overall. As soon as I got finished with the race, I went back to the rope and tried to climb it. And I got, like, two feet from the top. I still couldn't get to the top. So, um, when I got home, I, I ordered a rope. Now, you know, the rope took probably a week to get there, and by then it was the end of training time, and it was on to rest up, wait for the next race. So I didn't get a chance to really train up rope-wise the way I did. I bought the rope, so I have the rope to train, but I have to find a place in my yard and, and a way to rig it up because uh, the trees I got, the one branch is low enough is, is dead, so that shit's going to snap and have me on the ground like fucking, uh, you know, ridiculousness or one of those fucking clip shows if I tried that. Um, so it's just a matter of getting it rigged up or whatever, but with the amount of time I had before the race, I didn't have time to really get that rope climbing training in, but it's it's completely on the agenda. Uh, it's like an absolute priority for me. Um, so the, like I said, that really fucked me up, but um, overall, the atmosphere was great, and um, it was crazy too because you get that, that, that feeling because now, if you sprint through the halls in any, like, organized place, generally, like, there's someone chasing you. There's, like, police behind you or some shit. Like, that's not something that's, like, allowed for the most part. If you're running through, like, all over the stadiums or, or you know, if you're running through a mall or some shit like this, like, sprinting, chances are it, some shit's going down that you're not supposed to be doing. So it was kind of like a surreal feeling sprinting through these hallways and dipping and dodging through all these areas and inside of a building that generally is it's frowned upon that you sprint in. So it was it was pretty cool. It was just like a way different vibe that I'm used to. Um and uh yeah, I just um I, I thought it was cool. I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm definitely gonna do another uh stadium sprint next year. Um whether it be City Field again or a different one because, you know, they do it a couple, they do the the Phillies joint, I forget what the fuck they call that, like Citizens Bank shit, I don't, they're all banks and shit at this point um, so that that was that um, then uh, you know, just just this past Saturday I uh, I did the uh, the Spartan Beast and um, you know, that that is a bad motherfucker right there, uh, last year the course was about 13 miles, a little over 13 miles, and it was, um, it, it took me five hours on that course. And, um, well, apparently they thought that, that shit was easy. Somebody, I guess people were complaining that that was easy on, uh, the standards of a beast. I've never done a Spartan Beast before last year, so I can't really tell you whether that was easy by standards, I, I don't know, I thought it was pretty fucking badass, man, well, this year, they made it 14 and a half miles, and they did so much more elevation change, where it was, um, barely any flat ground you were really running on, there was no really length, no, like, one mile on a flat ground, and then do another up, up the fucking mountain, or whatever, it was up, down, up, down, up, down, um, and the course this year took me just under, like, a couple minutes under seven hours, so, um, absolutely brutal. Um, that's, that's a long fucking time to be on a mountain. Um, to be doing any physical activity for straight seven hours is fucking crazy. So, um, 
that that was like nothing I've ever experienced. Um, unfortunately, because of that, because of the extra length and everything like that, time-wise, I wasn't able to come anywhere near attending the Jersey All-Pro event and doing the ringside picks that I had planned on. So, um, you know, I missed out on that. Um, from what I heard, the main event was fucking crazy. Um, and I definitely, you know, wish I could have been there. But, um, like I said, time-wise, it didn't work. I was about two hours away from home at the race. I had to go home and shower because this isn't the type of race you could just go somewhere else afterwards. Uh, you really got to, you know, it, it's um, some dirty shit, man. And um, so by the time I get home, you know, it's another hour and a half to uh, Bayonne and and again, I I got out of that race, fuck man, um, like six o'clock, six something, and um, yeah, I think it was six or close to six. So yeah, it just it just wasn't in the cars. There was no way I was gonna make it happen. So unfortunately, I, I did miss that. Um, but yeah, man, the, the the beast is uh no fucking joke, man. If you want the fucking challenge of a lifetime, train your ass off and hit that fucking beast up because uh. They, they fucking, they challenge you physically, mentally, all that shit. And um, I enjoy it, though. Um, you know, not daring. A lot of a lot of that daring shit I didn't enjoy quite as much. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a great accomplishment. And um, now I got two-thirds of the fucking trifecta done in one month. So I'm finishing that trifecta off in, um, in July. I got um, Tough Mudder this month. I got Battle Frog next month, and then July I close out with the with the end of my trifecta. So uh, you know, all big races this year. So it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, get all that shit locked down. Um, yeah, I don't know where the fuck Masada is, man. Um, crazy. But um, shit. Real quick, um, the WWE pay per view. I watched that. Um, uh, again, I'm not you know top to bottom reviewing this shit or anything, but um that uh yeah that Enzo shit was pretty scary, man. It came through, clipped that fucking rope, and um and then he went down hard, and uh no Beckham, um you know I mean he looked fucked up, and they they got him off to the hospital. Luckily, he ended up with just a concussion. You know what I know? I've seen some people posting, oh, you know, people are saying just a concussion like it ain't shit. now. like, dude, you know, there's there's some crazy shit that goes on in wrestling. You could die in the fucking ring. You know, people were worried about a broken neck and shit like this. So it's not saying a concussion ain't shit, but as opposed to a broken neck or, you know, that type of thing, um, you know. A little bit on the better side. He was released from the hospital, you know, in the morning, and everything was uh, on the up and up. So that that's you know that's good for him, man. He's tremendously entertaining, and uh, it's a shame to see him have to go out on a pay per view like that. They seem to be really billing him for the uh, you know the tag title shot, and uh, it it didn't happen. But he's got a lot of future ahead of him, so I'll be back on it. Um, the main event. With um, Roman Reigns and fucking AJ Styles, people, you know, I've seen people time and time again talking this shit about Roman Reigns can't work and this and this. And man, he went out there and fucking killed it with AJ. They they tore that shit the fuck up. So, you know, I I don't know. 
I think Roman Reigns really turned the corner when he when he uh, wrestled Brock Lesnar. When they had that match, I forget what, exactly when it was. I don't was that a Mania or no? I don't know. But uh, I know it was around last year's Mania. Um, but uh, you know, everybody expected it just to be one sided and this and that, and they they beat the shit out of each other. And I think that was where he really turned the corner and stepped it up quite a bit. Um, you know, I mean, it, the guy's not fucking Rey Mysterio, but he, he could do some shit. And he could hang in there with those dudes. He's still young as far as wrestling goes. Dude hasn't been in the business forever. And, you know, he's got a great look and, you know, great build and all of that. And, um, you know, he works for the spot they need him for on top of that. He's been able to perform and do the shit that he's supposed to do. And, you know, you put him in there with a guy like AJ and the match doesn't fall flat. So, I don't know, you know, I think the criticism could be a little bit harsh. Yeah, he's not the greatest promo guy. There's a lot of guys that aren't great promo guys in the business. So, um, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but I, I was a huge fan of that fucking match. They, they definitely tore it up. I think they're... Uh, they got a rematch going into um, Extreme Rules, so they'll have stipulations on top of the shit that they did. And I think uh, Owens and, and Zayn are going to wrestle again there because they killed it at that show. And then they're going to go into Extreme Rules too, so pretty dope. Um, they they got some good shit lined up for that. Um, let me see. What the fuck else? Um, oh, uh, man. Fucking... Uh, you know, I missed on uh, the last week or the week before show. Time is passing quick, man. This, this, uh, all sorts of shit going on. But um, uh, Prince and China both died like back to back. So um, I mean, Prince, Prince was the dude who was um, you know, just just one of those iconic figures. The dude could dance, dude could sing, he could fucking play the guitar like a motherfucker, man. Just, just one of those iconic fucking stars like you don't you don't match that shit easy you know what i mean but I, I just tend to think that people with that level of genius and that level of talent aren't long for this world for the most part i just i just think that there's something else that comes with that you got that extra fucking gene or whatever it is in you that creates that type of shit that they they were putting down i also think there's some craziness that comes in there and it, it you know may have some substance shit going on and may have some other shit going on but uh, it just seems like a a way more loaded, you know, um, card than just saying, okay, well, this dude's talented in music. I, I don't think you just get to just have that. For the most part, you wind up with a lot of other shit that comes with it. And like I said, a lot of these people are just not long for this world. So, you know, I mean, even like Bowie, he just, bam, like went out, like kind of kept that shit to himself. And then it was he was just gone. You know, it was another super talented dude. You know, Michael Jackson was an off-the-fucking-chain talented dude, but had all that other weird shit going on, and it was just, like, fucking sedating himself until he was fucking dead. You know, like, the, you get a lot of these fucking iconic personalities that just, um, they're too big for themselves, you know? Like, they can't just live a full, normal life. We can't do a lot of the shit that they could do, but we could also maintain and keep our shit together where it's a lot harder, especially with the fame and money and all the shit that gets handed to them. So, um, you know, it's a shame, but again, you know, these iconic personalities seem to fall, um, you know, before their time. Um, China, China was, um, I mean, she was, she was an icon in her own right, you know, not definitely not along the, 
to levels of like a prince or anything like that, but you know, what she did for female wrestling, she really revolutionized a lot because you didn't have big jacked up, you know, dominant chicks running around in wrestling for the most part. I mean, you, you had a lot of diva type chicks and she was just a complete different, different look. She, she brought a whole different thing to the table. And, um, you know, I, Obviously, relationships and different things she got into within the WWE really steered her in a crazy path where, um, you know, fucked her up. So, um, you know, unfortunately, she went down a dark alley. Everybody knows, you know, all the directions she went, ended up, you know, in porn after this and this. And, um, you know, substance issues, too. And, you know, it's a shame, man. She was young, but that's just... You know, crazy shit goes on. The shit she got involved in in the business, people she got involved with, obviously got buried when that shit fell apart. She was, you know, she was left for the head of the company for the most part. And, um, yeah, it's a shame. So, you know, rest in peace of all of them. Um, But, you know, what can you do? It's, uh, nobody's guaranteed. This shit is, um, shit is pretty fucking crazy. But, um, Got a call. Let me see who this is because it's almost the time that Scott was going to call in, and um, but Masada hasn't called in yet. Uh, Masada right here, man. What's up, man? Sorry for the delay. Hey, what's going <laughs> on, man? Uh, it's going, man. I'm here in New Braunfels. Got Scott down floating the river and walking three fucking miles to come up and talk to you people. <laughs> <laughs> trying to enjoy life. Cool, man. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, I got a bunch of stuff I want to go over with you and stuff. It's been a minute since I talked to you on here, but um, I know you had some stuff on your chest as far as, you know, what DJ had been saying. I don't know if you want to get into that first or whatever you want to do, man. No, just remind me exactly what did he say. Like, I'm not even 100% because I didn't, I didn't hear the podcast. Like, like uh, Showtime actually told me some shit of what he said and what, you know, I don't know if it's that's legit, if it's just hearsay. So, you know, what did he say? What did he talk about? Um, well, yeah, I know, um, you know, there's <clears> a lot of input, you know, from your side as far as Japan went. And, um, you know, you mm-hmm. said that you tried to get Joker into Japan. Uh, Joker wasn't Yeah, available. that's legit. Yeah. And, um, you know, more or less, he, he just, you know, he said that you had a lot of influence in getting him into Japan and this and that. Um, he then I, I mean, I had influence that, like... Right, okay, got you. Well, one of the things, like, John had that hookup with Big Japan years ago. Like, shit, uh, man, CCW was in the same year I got in the business in 99, the company started. John had influence with Big Japan and CCW. And then he uh, wanted to do better business because they were fucking them around, so he left. So there was a big gap period of Big Japan CCW doing business again. I was there full stay, yeah. I think, in 03, shit, better part of, like, 2000s. Um, a mainstay there. So I got DJ hooked up with them. And then next thing I know, we're doing less tours. Everything has to go through him. It's like, dude, you didn't cut your teeth in that, that, that country. You didn't cut your teeth in that business, that company. And I did. So it's kind of irritating where you see how things are going. Like nobody's going to big Japan now. Nobody's going to Japan at all. So, and I actually had Joker lined up and I sent you the messages that, that Nikon sent me saying that DJ uh-huh. claimed that he retired, and that's bullshit, because that was my deal. That was for Freedoms. I wasn't even for Big Japan. Mm-hmm. 
and anybody yeah. that's deserving um, to go to Japan, Joker's one of them. Fuck. Absolutely. Like he should be already hey, all know, around the world and then some. That's bullshit. Yeah. So. Because I, you know, I started off when I was asking him about Japan because I said, you know, it's, it's funny because. You know, Matt Tremont's getting in the ring now. He's your world champion. He's going out there with a Japan is scared t-shirt, and he's calling out Onita and FMW. And I said, you know, it's kind of crazy if you have such a good relationship with BJW, why is your world champion calling out another federation in Japan if you could send them over there to BJW, or can't you? Like, what's going on? Yeah, he, no, you can't. There's, you can't because there's no relationship there now. There's nothing there. There's nothing with WXW and, and CZW. There's nothing with Big Japan and CZW right now. And it sucks because there was a lot of strong uh, ties in with business. And CZW's always done good business by Big Japan as far as, like, the guys going over there and killing it. And same thing with Germany. Same thing with England. And those ties are fucking crushed because of who's the leader on that. You know what I mean? Who's being the businessman? Yeah. Who's actually making the decisions? And you're a boss, you don't put yourself first. And that's one of the things, like, I never worked with John, you know what I mean? I never worked for him, never worked for CZW. I actually had no desire to work for Combat Zone. But, uh, you know, John put the boys before himself, you know what I mean? And right. that's that's what a leader does, and that's why he, he is legendary, you know what I mean? I ain't kissing his ass or sucking his dick. I'm talking telling you that's how it is. That's why he's a legend. Like, fucking people respect him because the way he did shit. He handled business. If you didn't like it, get the slap fucking, get your ass fucking kicked or fuck off. You know what I mean? And that's what's right. missing in the business now. It's so fucking pantyways, bunch of fucking cunt, fucking part of my French or part of my fucking slang, but a bunch okay. of fucking faggots in the, bunch of fucking faggots in the business now. You know what I mean? They're a bunch of fucking pussies. I ain't talking about your sexuality. I'm just saying you're a bunch of fucking pussy-ass mother. That's where the yeah. business has turned to shit. Okay? Yeah. So Now, you know, you were you were there in Japan, you know, when everything went down with CZW, but obviously you weren't really there, you know, through CZW or anything like that because you weren't affiliated. No. I, I was actually there. in Ring of Honor at the time when I went to Big Japan. I was in ROH. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of, like, the now the people just kind of label it as John burdened the bridge with with Japan and DJ rekindled the fire. And you know, I even said to DJ, I said, they didn't have a problem with CZW, they had a problem with John. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily him just burning the bridge, but, you know, it was well, more John was the boss. Mean, yeah, right, yeah. But John was the boss, and here was the thing. I've heard two sides of the story. I've heard the J Japanese side of it, and I've heard, like, the American side. I haven't even heard it directly from John, but I've gotten it from other people. They were constantly bringing the foreigners over there. Like, 24-7, they were over there, holidays, birthdays, everything. And then, like, you know, John had to run his own company in America, and he was such a draw there. Well, how was he supposed to run CCW if he's in Japan? He couldn't even do his own shit. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, if I'm doing this, and he would send other guys over to fill in for him and give people the rub, and um, they didn't like that. And it's like, well, if I'm constantly over here, then pay me more money. And they didn't want to do it. And there right. was one show, I think it was at Buntai Yokohama. Well, I think it was actually Yokohama uh, International Stadium, which is one of the biggest arenas in Yokohama. It's fucking huge. They do soccer mm -hmm. shows there. And uh Anyway, that's where they had a thing. It was him and Matsunaga, and he kind of shot on Matsunaga about, you know, I'm tired of carrying people, carrying this company on my back, and we're out of here. Sayonara, he made a power play. 
the power play didn't work out for him. He didn't get the money, and Pondo kind of snaked behind his back. He's like, I can get you guys over here from Mid-South, and that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, if if Pondo didn't do that shit, fucking who knows what would have happened. They probably would have paid him the money that he fucking deserved. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like I say, I'm just going off of here saying what I've I've seen. So I'm not that, that's not even facts. I mean, you would have to have John on here. Sure. Yeah. But um, <laughs> last week. <laughs> but, well, I mean, uh, ask him. You know, what's his opinion on that? Because I really don't know. That's just what I gather. Yeah, I was just wondering from an outsider's you know perspective because I've heard you know what he said on the shoot, and then again I hear a lot of people just say John burned the bridge and and they leave it at that. You know what I mean? So. No, he made a power play. Everybody in wrestling makes power plays. If everybody tries to say they don't, they're full of shit. Everybody makes power plays. That's how you make more money. That's how you get more bookings. You know, this wrestling, the business sucks, you know, it, that it has to be that way. It's so cutthroat. You got knives in your back 24-7. You're just ready for somebody to stab you. You know, and me, mm-hmm. like, I'm one of the guys, like, people respect me or people are afraid of me. And there's two reasons. One is I say what the fuck's on my mind. I call it out how it is. And if you have a problem with it, motherfucker, if I've said shit about you, I've said it to your fucking face. And I'm not trying to sound like some right. hard ass, but fucking fuck all these fucking bitches. You know what I mean? That's all, it's all it is. Yeah. A bunch of fucking little pantywaist fucking bitches, man. And then people will fucking like, probably thing- listen to this podcast talking shit. Well, fucking talk. Say it in my fucking face, motherfucker. Say it. I don't give a right. shit. See how quick I fucking punch yeah. you in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing he said about Japan, he, he said he was pissed off that the last time that anyone went to Japan, he didn't get to go. It was it was you and Havoc, and he said it's Havoc. That was what was, was scheduled. There. He was it, that was what was scheduled. They don't they don't man DJ. They don't like DJ. DJ's not a draw there. Okay, he's not a draw. You look at Corgan Hall video uh, here, and they're they're not even chanting his name. You know, he's delusionally thinks they are, but they're not. They actually, they did a tribute show for me because my knee got fucked up. I went over there for a week. It was me and the Chris boys, okay, and Havoc. And then they wanted me and Danny as a tag team. We went over there and killed it for a week, and he got hurt. So they didn't even want to even use him. So then he tries to downplay guys like, oh, I was supposed to be on that tour. No, you weren't. Like, they knew who they want. They know who they don't want. Same thing happened with WXW. He's trying to put himself in the limelight. You can't do that as a boss, man. Look at TNA with Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett had his fucking face all on that shit as a champion, and it fucking they killed that fucking brand. That brand's like, I don't even watch it. I don't think anybody watches it now. You know what I mean? Like, I pay attention to yeah. fucking what's going on on TV. I don't give a fuck about it, but I pay attention. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can't be that guy. You want to be a boss, be a boss. You didn't see Paul Heyman going to Japan all the fucking time they were fighting FMW. Hell no. But the, the thing he said, too, about... Um, you know, you and Danny going to Japan. He said that if he was there, Danny would have got taken care of better when he got hurt. He said he didn't think he got. It would have happened right. regardless. It would it would have happened regardless, man. It don't matter if he was there or not. Right. Matter of fact, I even talked to him on the phone yesterday. DJ, it would have happened regardless. Like they wouldn't give him a fuck. I fucking the first tours. Have you ever seen my first shoot interview when I would get cut up? you like, hey, I need to go to the hospital. My fucking arm's halfway lacerated. I got lacerations on my, near my kidneys. And they'd just be like, hey, tape it up. Like, no, nah, I'm bleeding out, motherfucker. Like, look at this puddle of blood. And it's like literally like two feet around me, just a round circle of blood. Like, I need to go to the hospital now. I need to get stitched. I need to get cauterized. 
and they would just fucking sweep it on their table, and it was get really bad. It's like, nah, I really have to go. I'm fucking dying here. My fucking skin's turned pale. Fucking, I'm bleeding out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't give a fuck, dude. I had one of my best friends die over here, Nick Bird. And I was like, hey, my, one of my best friends has died. They didn't give a fuck. I was like, hey, he just died. No sympathy, no sympathy, sympathy at all, and they didn't even give a shit. So, fuck. You know, God bless his soul, fucking Nick. Think about him all the time. That's my little brother. That's my first original little brother. But that shit, that type of shit pisses me off. You know, Ito's dad died, yeah. and I'm sympathetic. Hey, I'm so sorry, you know, and bought him something. Hey, you know, hey, I'm going to decide about what happened with your dad. But I got nothing off of that, so whatever. It's a different culture, man. Um, Maybe a different culture. Maybe they're just fucking dicks. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I got a lot to ask you, too. Um, I also want to add, because, um, again, you know, we're calling a little late, but I'm going to add Scott to the conversation because we want to talk to him and, you know, get the yeah. the whole situation on why he's not booked. So uh, here's Scott Summers. Yo. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> Hello, this guy's on the river, river fucking Fox asshole. Fox. You don't fucking come hang out with me and shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, the worst, the last thing y'all wanted was us to do this podcast together. <laughs> like, like, it's better well. we're on different phones because we'd have been in the same building. But yeah, maybe maybe after afterwards, homie. Afterwards. Well, I'm in New Braunfels, motherfucker. I'll come by the bar. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm, yeah. at, I'm not at the bar. I'm at the house. So no, well, fuck be, it. Even better. Uh, we'll be yeah. burning crosses and singing Christmas carols. Instant heat, man. I'm about to go. I'm about to go Oh, I'm about to go into business for myself. So everybody, get ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, so look, you know, DJ had some stuff to say. I asked him flat out, why is Scott Summers not booked? Um, I, I actually pulled the clip. It's almost two minutes long. If you want me, I'll just play it so you can hear exactly what he said. And, uh, you know, respond to that. <clears throat> um, a couple years ago, Scott Summers got a huge reaction at Tournament of Death. He was never brought back. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he brought in consistently other guys from Texas. On point, cashed in with him, and him and Gage tore it up. Probably one of the best matches yeah. they've ever had on their card. Why is Easily. Scott Summers has never been brought back? I'll defend that that with simple. There's two reasons why Scott hasn't been brought back. All right, probably three. One is easily money. Um, two was he went out there, went in the business for himself, and which he's known to do. And Masada warned me about that, and I flat out told him that too. And when he came back to me, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and th- and that was like, hey, this is your debut. Masada put his name on the line for you, and he worked you, put you over, made you, and then you come back and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna do whatever I want. That was wrong, and that pissed me off initially. And then like, then I talked to him about it, and it was like, man, you know, he, he just it's cool. The other thing too is you had Gage and Scott Summers. Why don't you ask those guys how much money they made on that? Because they didn't. They lost money. And I know that. So it, it, right. you got to remember, it's the investment in getting here. Is the juice worth it? You have a guy like Scott Summers who's coming in. He's an investment in a place, a hotel. And, you know, deathmatch wrestlers aren't exactly the easiest people to, to deal with business-wise. They're a little, a little crazy. We'll mess up the head, all of us, at some point, you know, where we go, <laughs> right. sure, hit me with a light tube. It has magnesium in us. That caused, you know, there, there's... Sure, drop me on my head on cinder blocks. Like, I mean, who really? He could have died, you know? 
So that's that's basically what he had to say. So uh, I mean, what was the first thing that he the first excuse he went with? He didn't. It's a flight and it's money. And that's what it is. All right. So I go into Disneyland right. four times out of the year. Fucking, you know, it would only be two times. All right. Well, him saying that <laughs> I, I'm no. Okay, here we go. At first, I liked the dude, okay? But that little pussy motherfucker, he fucking knows goddamn well. DJ, I hope you're listening to this, you fucking bitch. You know goddamn well Masada didn't say, I go into business for myself. Why would he say that? You know what I mean? He's sitting there saying that Masada's putting me over. And he's saying, I'm known to go into business by myself. You're right. It's deathmatch wrestling. I I hit my head really hard. And after the match, what did I say? Masada, we're not done. Let's do this again. Come back out here. You know what I mean? EJ wants to sit there and talk shit about money. You got this big company. I don't charge that much, you lying piece of shit motherfucker. Well, I don't. So cool. If that's what it is, let's talk about what really happened. Masada's working Kobayashi. If I'm wrong, Masada, remind me who it is, but he's wrestling. Who are you wrestling? Kobayashi, you're right. Right? And they're doing the thing, and they're out of the ring, and he gets up in front of everybody. And he's like, I told him not go out of the ring, and I know who, you know, I'm the boss, blah, 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 and you do what I say. You know what I mean? Just run his mouth while Masada's in the ring. Run in his mouth. Like, yeah. I'll fire him. I'll fire anybody. And, you know, he can. He's the boss. We get it. But overly doing it because it's Masada. You know what I mean? Trying to be big, big swinging. And I wasn't going to fucking have it. I started, Mia Yemma sitting right there by me, and I started flipping shit. Because you're not going to talk about my boy while he's in the ring. You know what I mean? You're not going to sit there and run your mouth about my friend when they can't defend themselves. So, so that's where the fucking mouth came from. Because I'm not going to take his bullshit. You're not going to talk about my friend. You know, I'm, I'm all glad you brought me in, and I'm respectful, and I'm thankful. You know, I split my head open for your goddamn fucking company. When did I get myself over? Shit happens in wrestling. You know, did I bitch? Did I say, take me to the fucking hospital? None of that. Throw me up. Cool. I'm one of the boys. That's one thing I am known for. Everybody fucking knows I'm one of the boys. But then he's going to say, my boy, my little brother, the dude, when the Kassad and I fight, it's fucking mutual combat and love. I, you know, rarely does anybody get to fucking wrestle him or Masada, trust him with his fucking body. You know what I mean? And for him to say that Masada told him, I go into business for myself, you know, that's like some, that's like a guy down here saying that I'm bad mountain Masada. You know what I got to maybe say about Masada? He's a fucking crazy, lunatic motherfucker, but he will give you everything he has. You know, what? how do you think I've got booked all these other places? And I get the business yeah. part. You know, be smart and just be the fucking businessman you claim to be and be like, oh, we just can't afford him. Man, that's respectful. That's what don't badmouth me. Because when that motherfucker split his arm in that fucking tournament, oh, he had to make sure everybody got it on film, you know, when they're doing the the uh, the documentary part of the, the TOD. DJ sliced right. his arm open. I watched him. Well, gee, that's not going into business for your fucking self. You know what I mean? Make sure me, the big fucking fancy fucking owner, gets my arm split open so everybody fucking sees. You know? That, that to me, that's what's yeah. that. It's going to business for yourself. You're the fucking promoter. You're not one of the fucking guys. Yeah, you fucking wrestle, whatever the fuck. It just, it, it's, it just irritates me because I, at one point in time, liked DJ. You know what I mean? I respected him. Mm-hmm. And for him to say, I'm known to go into business for my, get the fuck out of here. 
fucking knows. The thing is, too, though, there's so many contradictions on that. If someone is going in for the business for itself, why would I vouch? And the thing is, shortly after right. COD, we went to Japan and Freedoms. So if he goes into business for himself, why am I vouching? But another thing, too, wrestling, right. everybody goes in for business for themselves. That's how you get over. That's how you sell merch. So that's an oxymoron statement. And you want to talk about going to business for yourself on shit like that, get fucking Mia Yim on here because Mia and Greg excellent fucking killed it one show in, in uh, Philadelphia. And then DJ just did a shoot run in and power, like choke slammed her. Just did it on the fly. Yeah. That's going to business for yourself. <clears throat> so whatever. Absolutely. It's stupid. It's stupid to say that. Just go with the first thing you said, DJ. We can't afford a flight. We got two guys coming out of Texas. That's a thousand dollars just to fly them out, and then our guarantees on top of that. We just can't afford it. That's all you got to say. And that's right. understandable. That would have been. That, yeah, that's totally like I can deal with that. You know what I mean? And that would have been. You know, the gentleman. He 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 can guys a gentleman. You know. Okay, we get it. So be that gentleman you are. And be honest. You know, be one of the honest guys. I know that's hard to do in wrestling, but be one of the honest guys and just say that. I'd have had no fucking problem. Say him running his mouth and then saying, as I'm known to be, I'm known to be a fucking psychopath, too. You know, and I'm known to be fucking loyal to the boy. You know, unlike his stupid fucking ass. If you go around the wrestling world, I guarantee you, as big as a name as he thinks he is, a lot more people are bad-mouthing him than they are me, and it's not because he's over or they're jealous. The fuck out of here. You're going to business for yourself, but you buy your own company? Hmm. Let's see, motherfucker. Hmm. All right. You know, the the thing that really stuck out to me, why, you know, I needed to know to begin with, because I understand if you can't afford it, I can't tell you what you can afford or what you can't. You're running the company, I'm not. So as a fan, if you mm-hmm. tell me you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But as soon as I see, all right, we can't afford Scott, we can't afford Scott, CCW is going to Texas. I'm like, good. Now, now we're gonna get fucking Scott Summers because he, he's they're going to Texas, and then that shit wasn't even brought up. And I'm like, hmm, that you know, there's got to be look, more to it. Look, you and, never do anything for free. Check it out. You never do anything for free, right? Hey, just like they say, right. if you're good at something, never do it for free. But you know, if DJ would have called me, and he we've talked, you know, he's talked a couple of times. The Saudi can contest to this. He's, he's hit me up a couple of times. I had some ideas. He would have hit me up. I would have. And Masada knows I don't do nothing for free. I've been doing this too long. It's not because I'm a big yeah. fucking name. It's just it's respect. I would have done that for free just because it was in Texas. You know what I mean? Just, you know, because he was in my in, in my state. That's it. You know? And well, the thing is, sir, like, that he's missing, what, he, what he's missing is, too, like, when I left the company, what was it? I left for a year. But at the time point when I left and went moved back down to Texas, DJ was already going to bring Showtime back in to team with Tremont. It was going to be Tremont and Showtime as a tag team. And why that didn't happen, I have no idea. But that was definitely in the books. So, Mm -hmm. who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't buy the whole money thing, too. I mean, this whole saying goes, man, if you don't have any money, you lose weight. You know what I mean? You constantly stress out. I know DJ's under a lot of stress, but it's like, bro, if, you, if you're you're starving, you ain't got no money, then you're fucking, hey, you're going to lose some fucking weight, motherfucker. That's just how it is. But, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you've seen me. You can look at matches, like, through my years. Like, I've been wrestling for 16 fucking years. You'll see my weight fluctuate from being shredded up in shape to fucking skinny as fuck to being bulky and fucking just, you know, being out of shape or whatever, but you'll see it fluctuate where my money's at. You know what I mean? Or, or my fucking mood. If I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? 
When I was in shape, nobody even gave a shit. I got less bookings that way. And when I stopped getting a fuck, you know, I'm just, I'm here, motherfucker, you know? This is what it is. Not me. I take my food. Oh, well, yeah. He, he, uh, you know, he follows that Hulk Hogan diet. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. Like it says his parents and takes his vitamins, man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I like to fuck my best friend's wife, too, and then get a lot of money from uh, doctors. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, fucking um, hell, dude. We should all be millionaires now, should we? God, so <laughs> as far as you know, what he was saying about the on-point booking, because he seemed to feel he knew that you guys made no money on that situation. Um, right. You know, what's the reality to that? I mean, talk to why? I, I then I guess. I guess get Loudy on here. Get Tremont on here. I guess I guess they own You know they run it, and I guess they're just shitty bookers. And I guess they're just marks for me because they keep bringing me back. You know, man. And it, Rome wasn't building a day. All I got to put myself over. Well, fuck it. Me and Janella rocked the house. Me and Gage rocked the house. And it was probably more them than it was me. Look, check it out. Mister going into business for himself is telling you it's probably the other guys than me. You know what I mean? But it takes two of us to tango. And we did rock the house together. And it, it looked like a full house to me, you know, and it looked packed. It, it is what it is. You know, why is he worried about these other companies? Oh, well, they lost money while they brought them in. I, I get the point he's trying to make. But, man, this is about you. You're supposed to have the biggest deathmatch company in the world, and you can't afford this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Fights aren't that expensive. They're not. And my, my guarantee really isn't. So it, it's cool, man. I You know, the thing that bothers me is, is I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I would, I like DJ, you know, and I saw things that I've never once said about how he cut open his arm. I'm not stupid. You can't you can't play a player, you know what I mean? I'm a carny motherfucker, but right. I gotta tell you, I will fucking mm-hmm. talk. I will talk carny all day, you know what I mean? I sold drugs if I did anything in this life and business. You know, when you're trying to sell debt to kids and you're selling people shit that they think they want, you know what I mean? You have to sell yourself. That's all wrestling is, and I like DJ. I did. That's what bothers me about this. And then he's running his mouth, and he, I'm like, dude, shut up. You're a little bitch. Like, get the fuck out of here. You believe you're going to hype? You know, I go off of what my best friend and my little brother tells me, you know? And for the love of God, please say it's because of how I work or wrestle, because that guy on the other end of the phone to you who is who is. I'm sorry. I don't think you could have a better fucking coach in the world than Masada. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I, I, I like I like TJ, and that was the thing. It's just I just it it irritates me. It, it frustrates me because you know I know I know the guy in there has a business brain. You know it's just but now he's all oh, these other companies lost money on Scott. I mean, well, ask them. You know, I'm sure if you know Loudy and Tremont, they well they must be a bunch of dumbasses as they keep bringing me in. Well, you, know, now, you, know, a, you gotta look at it like from the way it is. It's competition for combat zone. That's what it is. It's, it, that's the rivals. So, I mean, fucking hell, dude. Look at how many, uh, how much tickets are being sold for this co- tournament coming up, and it's already sold out. The first and second row. So, what does that yeah. tell you? Like, I think there was a comment made too. Like, uh, this is what I was told. But if he didn't book Sammy and myself, like the house would still be the same. Well, that's kind yeah. of stupid to say that, and that's one of the reasons why I lost, why I left. You know what I mean? I I walked out, and then for other fucking reasons, because of snakes and fucking rats, like fucking fuck this shit. I'm fucking this motherfucker's trying to play me. I'm gonna kill this fucking motherfucker. I'm gonna get out of here before I end up doing this shit, and I'm gonna fucking kill this son of a bitch. I'm out. And you know, and you know what? 
not to interrupt you, Masai, wait a minute. Like, it's about being the boys, right? And and DJ's one of the boys, right? Isn't that how he fucking acts? Let's not play the businessman first. How the fuck are you going to say somebody's in financial peril and that's the only reason they're taking a booking? You know what I mean? How the fuck are you going to put somebody's business on the street like that? That's your boy. Masada has spilled more blood to that dude than anybody in his country's lifetime. And no disrespect to, like, Zandig and all the old-timers and those guys. You know what I mean? But Masada, yeah. on a consistent basis, has taken years off his life for DJ, and he's going to say, oh, well, uh, he, he, they needed the money because they're in financial peril. Man, get the fuck out of here. You ain't one of the boys. You're about you. Go take another trip to Disneyland, fucking bitch. For real. Well, another thing that's stupid about that, how many indie book, how many pro wrestlers and independents are going to take bookings? The offer comes, you're going to take it. You know what I mean? We're not signed under contracts. Like, fucking, yeah. Right. Everybody needs money. We're not fucking making no fucking Nick, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor money here. Fuck it. What the fuck you think? <laughs> like, no. you know? It's like, shit, we well, all got to pay it. bills at the end of the fucking day. And, you know, as as part of the reason why DJ said he can't book this or he can't book that, too, is he put out there that he pays four to $500 every time to fly you in, Masada. And, uh, you know, he, he put that as, like, kind of like, well, I got to pay this every month, so. Uh, no, know, he I doesn't. Know. I mean, I, every time every time he flies me out, anytime anybody flies him out to the Northeast, as soon as you get your ticket through that little fucking kiosk thing, you can get the receipt for the flight, and it tells you exactly how much it is. The most the flight's ever been is probably like 400 But the cheapest it's been is like 200 250 300 bucks, which ain't shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's nothing. Yeah. And the thing is, too, there's a lot of promoters out there that want to book me, but it's like they're saying the same thing. They don't have any money. Well, why don't you motherfuckers, like, talk together and pitch in for a flight? And that's what's going on right now. Shane O'Neill, like, from NYWC, is the only promoter that looks at things like that. Is like, hey, I'll get you this date, this date, this date, and work for, like, the Joel Maximo, work for fucking Next Level Wrestling, and make some money while you're here. Like, he doesn't right. think it that way. I just, I just want him here, and that's what it is. Like, that doesn't work. You know, that's the same problem we have here in Texas. It's a fucking clicky-ass bunch of bullshit. Everybody's trying to suck each other off. It's like, dude, go suck each other off, man. Fucking end of the day, it's like you don't want to book anybody. Fucking, I'll draw for your company. Like, there was a company called TWA that's in San Antonio. They draw typically, like, 20 people. They book me. It was, like, 150. Like, what's y'all's problems? You know what I mean? But whatever. People's egos, people are little fucking bitches, and that's just the way it is. We should just hug yeah. it out. You know, you know what? Like, DJ, like, fuck it, cool. Let's have a match. <laughs> that would never in fucking his life happen. Because I know he's a big, tough guy. You know, I've heard his little fucking rumors and all his shit. And, you know, that would be the best yeah. match of his life. Because I would show him exactly what a pro I am. You know, going to business for myself would be kicking the shit out of his fucking stupid ass. But, you know, being a pro I am and Masala Contestatus, <laughs> He would have the match in his fucking life just to prove him wrong. You know what I mean? Just to prove him and running yeah. his mouth and and the dumb shit that spews out of his fucking mouth. Because, like, I was heard about DJ, and I was, like, sticking up for the dude. And people from Jump Street were telling me that he's a fucking snake. And that's pretty sad. I don't believe off what people say. You know what I mean? I go off on how people talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and DJ, right. he, he didn't act like he had any kind of problem with me. When we get to show, and he, you know, how he's saying it's, you know, we're a little bit of off, you know, or just say that too. What's up? What did he say to you? And, uh, 
at Dallas. I feel like he, he just didn't want to, I guess it was put up with me or, you know, like, like this is me. That's what he said, yeah. He didn't want to, he didn't want to put up with, he already has guys that are ride his ass. He didn't want to need another one. <laughs> yeah, because, but like, this is me mad. Like, the boys will tell you, you know, Basada will tell you, Chigat, like, I'm actually pretty chill, man. I'm funny and I'm the jokes and I'm a locker room guy. And people been in the yeah. locker room will fucking contest to that. You know what I mean? I'm If there's shit going down, I'll break up the fight. It's just, and, you know, the morale and it's just, you know, it, I'm a locker room guy. I like to have a good time. And I think, you know, when you got a good, when you got a good locker room, it makes the show even better. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like it just, it, it, it just makes the show amazing and everybody's, and that's, and that's it. So I don't like being misconstrued like that, you know? And then there's people who have yeah. big balls. This thing with, with Zandig and this, this tournament he's having, I mean, it's fucking amazing. You know, that somebody actually has a fucking balls, you know, like on point to, to say, okay, cool. You know, we're going to give it a shot. Cause yeah. you know, and that's, and that's, and that's, we all know that's what wrestling is. Wrestling, you know, that giant comic book, people want to see the, a bunch of characters. Like those are some deathmatch guys in his business, but, it also gets stale, you know what I mean? And I'm not just saying that because I'm finally on another card, but it gets stale, you know? And then when, when Masada himself is telling me, you know, sorry, guys, you get your fucking pussies hurt, but he's like, God, these guys fucking suck. Why aren't you on the show? You know, it means a lot to me because he's the one that trained me to do death matches, right. you know? I can, I can do any style you fucking want. And he trained Absolutely. me to do it and just, you know, and it, it, make, you know, it makes me, it makes me feel good that the, you know, the prominent deathmatch wrestler in this business, you know, likes it. And the fact that he did it, you know, but it's not to kind of get to see his, his, his uh, work of art come to life through me too, man. Because it's like, you know, Terry Strong, Gordy, like that's, you know, Foley, that's, that's what I always liked. I always liked the, those matches among other things. And then he just, it, it was crazy how I even got into deathmatch wrestling, you know, and being my stupid little shithead brother, I'm blessed that he, he trained me the right way and taught me, you know, this. Cause it's, it's totally different than regular wrestling, you know what I mean? And when people knock it and talk right. shit about it, no, oh, it's, it's not wrestling, like, shut the fuck up, because I can do both. You know, sometimes right. sometimes it's, it's hard, because you have to, you know, people think it's beating the shit out of each other's weapons, you know, and, and for the sake of, for the, you know, blood, for the sake of blood, and this, that, and the other, and it's not, man. I think there's more of an art for it, an art to it, you know what I mean, with the weapons and, Telling the story with the weapons, you know, because I've been blessed with people like Masada to teach me that, you know, and even a, even a Jerry Lynn who wasn't really a, a hardcore wrestler, but you know, he used, I guess you could say the the props, you know what I mean? He would tell me too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. Um, now, you, you know, amazing. Well, on point, you know, they brought you in four times. DJ said, you know, it was so hard to get you over financially, this and that. On point's a way smaller you know, company, how was it that they could afford to bring you in where DJ could? Well, I was, I was just like, I was going to give some hand jobs in the locker room from Symmetra. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same thing that Homicide told me a long time ago, man, with Ring of Honor. It's like, I wanted to go back to ROH and they're like, oh, we can't afford a flight. And it's like, but CZW can bring you in, but ROH can't. It's all it's bullshit, like this, man. man. Everybody's full it's of like shit. This, man. They tell Masada they can't bring him in, right? And then they bring in Joe Blow, who just got off TV, you know. And it's cool. You, if, you know, we all get it. If you're asking for this much pay, and then here's your flight, you know what I mean? Like, 
hopefully you make the money back. That's that's good business. You know, we get that about what DJ is saying. But and that's another thing. A, a, a hotel room. Well, the fucking you know who the fuck needs a hotel room? You know what I mean? That's eighty dollars you don't have to spend. It's, if if massage no. with me, ain't nobody going to sleep anyway. We're going to be up drinking. Fuck it. But yeah. you know that's another thing. A hotel room. Well, who said anything about a fucking hotel room? It's just it's just bullshit. You know, my point takes care of me. They always have. There's no hotel room. I try to make it. The years are, the years I wrestle at CCW, I've never gone to a hotel. It's been do the show and then go straight to the bar and then go to the airport. Well, it's just you know, this, it's, it's like what's always what, been. But, but why? But why is it people can afford you know Joe Blow that just got you know off the TV, but they can't afford Masada? This Joe Blow does not get their money back. Think about how many times people bring in the names, right? And the names don't draw their money back. You know what I mean? Well, right. I mean, aren't you the fucking mark for booking them? You want to talk all this shit? Aren't you a fucking mark? Because we're all marks. You know, that's why we got in this business. Let's call fucking spade a spade. But aren't you the mark booking Joe? I think a lot of it's bragging. I think a lot of people will get that Joe Blow who just got off TV so they can be like, hey, look who's on our show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing how they won't have the money. They won't have the money. You know, this guy wants in double, sometimes triple what Masada wants. You know, and that's what he's getting at, too. It's like, how the fuck are you not going to have me? They'll be like, hey, man, yeah, you know, it's a little tough. And then you you, you know this guy's asking for a fuckload of money. It's, and you're right. It's funny. Yeah. How does this little this little upstart, this little train that, you know, this little engine that could bring me in that many times? And, you know, if I would get it. If, it. if it wasn't worth it the first time, why would they do it again? If they're losing their ass, right. why? Because they're marks for me? Get the fuck out of here. But he just doesn't want to admit that. He doesn't want to admit that it, it's probably fucking working, you know? I'm man enough where I didn't even fucking do what he said, and I would go, you know what? Cool. Squash it. My bad for cutting a promo at the end of the goddamn fucking match. If that's what he's talking about going into business, you know? As far as splitting my head open, you know, he was saying, like, yeah, I guess he said something to the effect, like, that was dumb, like, deathmatch wrestling is dangerous, right? Isn't it all dangerous? You know what I mean? Yeah. Falling off a scaffold through fucking glass is not dangerous. Is that any more dangerous than me busting my head on a brick? I mean, let's think about it. It's, we're, we're taking, we're putting our bodies on the line no matter what we do. Maybe, you know, and it was a great tournament. There's a lot of great moments, but what do people always talk about during that tournament? Me splitting my fucking wig with my boy. You know what I mean? So maybe that's what he was yeah. mad about. You know, it's not the best part of his tournament because it was great. Massage matches, Kobayashi and Eats. And a bunch of those other guys were, were amazing, but people are always going to remember that. So, I mean, that that's making a splash. I mean, what else do you want to do? Yeah, you want you want to get yourself over and come back. I asked the boys. I asked people, like, uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to remind me of the names. I asked the guys. You know, just uh, Danny up, Havoc and Devin Moore. Right. And the other one, the one that's, uh, he's the ref now, uh, Golden Boy. Uh, oh, Drake. Yeah, man, you know, and I asked them, and they were like, nah, man, it's, it's you know, he was straight, so. Yeah. It's not rocket science, man. Yeah. So, you know, when On Point brought you in with that, that big Gage match, it was a, you know, big dream match. You know, Gage had just gotten out not, you know, too long ago. Um, you know, what was your thoughts on that, the way that whole match went down? I loved it. it you know, great brawl uh, all over the building. Well, you know, man, like, Nick, Nick, was uh, it? There's people in this business like you meet, right? And you're supposed to, like your peas in a pod, right? And Masada always said that about me and Kingston, Eddie Kingston. 
<laughs> and me and yeah. Nick Gage, and he and he nailed it. You know, like, like when I met Nick, man, like I met him before, and he had just fresh got out. I mean, just got out, so he was, you know, kind of on a tear, you know, so to speak. And then when I met him again, when I came back for that match, man, he is that dude can go and he can wrestle. You know, that's another thing. He's just a stupid fucking death match wrestler. Bullshit, man. That dude could go. Like we we wrestled, yeah. man, and he was he was awesome. He's a locker room guy. Sorry, I ain't trying to kill the gimmick, Nick, but you know he was such a, a locker room guy, and he was like real supportive, and he was just just I watched him in a locker room because I like to see how other people act with the boys, and that's why he gets a lot of respect. You know what I mean? Because he's a, he's a, he's a mm-hmm. company guy, and that that would probably be the last guy you would ever expect. But don't get it wrong, he doesn't give a fuck. He'll bust your teeth out your face. That's why he gets along with Brig and Masai. That's why he gets along with me. But oh, it was amazing. It was an, it was an absolute. It was an absolute, I mean, it was it was fun. It was one of the, my top five bonus matches, you know. And Masada called it, you know. He he, he said that. There's just people you, you know, you know and you're going to click with, and it happens. And, I mean, it was, it was you know, you, you wrestled the guy we were fighting, and it was like it was the fifth or eighth, tenth time that we here wrestled. You know what I mean? It was only the first. So, very magical, dude. I'd like to do it again. Like, the, dude, the dude's legit. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Masada. Now, you know, you got the chance to click back up with Billy Graham, go back out to the West Coast, and um, mm-hmm. you know, do a shot with UEW. Uh, I watched yeah. the tournament. I, w- I wasn't a fan of the tournament as a whole. It just, it just wasn't really like, well, you know, the the Nick Age Invitational, the Tournament of Death, the King of the Death. It just, it didn't match up to what that was. And I was really right. surprised because when you guys walked out there, the fans were shitting on you as if. You know, as if you you just got into business. Like it, I, I don't care how big of a heel you play on the East Coast. If you're a giant talent coming into the company that you've never been in before, they're popping mm-hmm. for you in some way, shape, or fashion. And to me, it was just crazy because it came off like like they didn't want you there. Um, oh, what yeah. was your thoughts on UEW and everything that went on with with that? Well, I mean, that's that's the whole thing with the the fan base they had there. They try to stay loyal to California talent. Hey, that's cool, man. I can give a shit less. But I mean, going in there against like homeless Jimmy, he's an XBW vet, uh, did FMW, and going in there and fighting him, it's like, yeah, I expect to get that. But no, not the reaction I I got. But you know, they're diehard UEW guys, so. For them, it's like, oh, it's a combat zone guy coming in from, like, the Northeast to, you know, the West Coast. And it's like, for me, it's just, you know, I don't give a shit. I get paid the same, man. I don't give a fuck. You can call me a fucking twinkle-toe cocksucker. I don't give a shit. You ain't going to say to my face outside when the show's over with. Twinkle-toe cocksucker. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that just is what it is, you know? Boo me, talk shit to me, but you're not going to say it to me outside of that. And the funny thing is, that didn't happen, like, Shows over with, I'm outside, I'm getting stitched up, and the fans that were heckling me the most actually came up and shook my hand. It's like, yeah. it's business, man. You know, that is what it is. So, don't don't get to yeah. me. I don't give a fuck. I, the only thing that bothers me is, like, these fucking assholes on social media claiming I never take bumps. Like, what the fuck are you, retarded? Like, <laughs> motherfucker, I never take bumps? Like, I'm the biggest bumper in this business, asshole. Like, that's the stupidest shit I ever heard in my life. I've taken bumps on cars. I've taken bumps on glass. I've done fucking 450 splashes off of cages to the floor. 450 splashes in the cage to the fucking off the table to the mat. Taking scaffold bumps. Like, I don't know what the that, fuck that matches you're watching where I've never taken a goddamn bump, but 
Say that shit to my face and we'll fucking fight real fucking quick. I ain't gonna bump in that shit. You're gonna be bumping your ass over and knock you the fuck out. Motherfucker. You need to quit going to Basari, you need to quit going to business for You need to quit going to business and learn how to bump kid. <laughs> well fucking shucks. No, it didn't bother me though. I mean I, I honestly didn't I didn't care. I thought the the kind of with that tournament it got oversaturated. There was too much fire in that mat the the tournament. Every match had fire in it. Every match was the same shit over and over again. There was no real difference of stipulations. And that's one of the things that's always bothered me with American uh, deathmatch tournaments. Like, you watch IWA Japan, uh, Freedoms, you know, there's always something different. But if you just throw a cluster of garbage out there, it would be just shit, you know? I don't like that. Yeah. Um. Well, well, the well, UAW well, didn't bother me. I had a good time. It was a good time seeing Billy. I ain't seen Billy in five fucking years. If he's listening, love you, motherfucker. Crazy bastard. Yeah. We went to the Manson uh-huh. Cave and cut a promo, so that was cool. Yeah, I so thought that shit was good. Um, and then, you know, shortly after Manson. that, every, everything huh? um, melted down with UAW. I'm sorry? What? Uh, Charles Scott was talking I love Charles Manson. <laughs> but uh we're yeah, not hippies or slippies melted, man <laughs> everything melted down with uew after that uh you know billy seemed to have a falling out homeless jimmy it seemed like half the roster wrote it out from under him i mean do you have any idea yeah, what went on or? i mean the whole thing is andre's a good guy man andre's like the guy that owns the company runs the shit but he runs it with like three I think three other people, and then they have a difference of opinion. You know, just that's just how business goes, man. Everybody's got to have their little clicks. It's stupid. Like, they did more DVD buy rates off their that one show, just having me and Corporal Robinson there. And why are you going to fucking shit on that? Because you guys aren't drawing? Like, that's not the point. Like, we're here to fucking make your guys and make them draws and fucking build your company. That's the point. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. If you want to get your fucking little, you know, tit-for-tat bullshit, it's like, dude, like, why are you trying to, like, this is wrestling in general, okay? Yeah, I can, you can look at the fucking McMahons on this shit. Look at Vince. How many times has Vince shot himself in the fucking foot on bad business choices because of his ego? Look at ECW. Look at every company, everything in wrestling. So many people shoot themselves in the foot because of ego and fucking pride. And they don't listen to their fan base. They don't listen to the fans. And they're the ones buying the tickets. And the fans suffer for that shit. You know what I mean? How many fucking yeah. times? I mean, fucking Terry Funk and I had a conversation about this shit when I was flying up to the gathering about how events kept WCW and ECW open. He'd be a fucking multi-billionaire if he fucking kept fucking three brands open. Instead, he started to do that stupid invasion angle. Like, that's the dumbest shit ever, man. You know? Yeah. We're going to make these guys legit killers become fucking cartoon character fucking pussies. I never understood that with TV wrestling. I never understood with WCW. Didn't understand with WWF. You have guys known to fucking go out there and kill themselves, but then they're going to get beat by a Disco Inferno or a fucking goddamn uh, Alex Wright or a fucking cartoon Mm. comedy act. Get the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's like having like fucking goddamn motherfuckers trying to preach fucking, you know, religion to you. Fucking missionaries. Fucking I'm, my family's Mormon. Okay. Fucking 
That'd be like missionaries coming up to the Hell's Angels, and the missionaries are gonna beat the fuck out of the Hell Angels. It ain't gonna happen, motherfucker. You're out of your fucking mind. What are they gonna do? Beat you with a Book of Mormon? Hell no, dude. They're gonna stab your ass, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm trying to be funny, but I'm also being serious. It's like Christian yeah. death metal. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, you know, it's it's like Masada get a point. Here's good business, right? So they do the thing. CZW does a thing in uh, in Dallas, right? Masada, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Masada, Tremont. Tremont, right? So what happens in the middle of that match? They were doing that, and uh-huh. I would have slid slid under that rope. That place would have come fucking un fucking glued, you know? Yes, because yes, it's CZW. Okay, I'm gonna put your little company over there, fucking DJ. Yes, you know everybody's happy to see those guys, but also yes because. That's my fucking state, and I would be there too, and it would be unexpected. And that's what we all fell in love with wrestling for, you know what I mean? We were little, and it was it was good business, and it would have been cheap business. So, who knows? Yeah. Well, another day, too, like yeah. we're going to Dallas, like everybody's like the only independent show that didn't sell out was CZW. Well, goddamn, you fucking idiot. CZW is running ahead with NXT, dumbass. And as soon as NXT yeah. was done, everybody came back for Kachu Battle. Yep. Like, fuck, man. If NXT wasn't running, it would have been a packed fucking house. Fucking those fans fucking were, like, saying CZW, CZW. There were even fans that sold their NXT tickets to go to CZW. So shut the fuck up. Everybody wants to overthink things. Don't even think, motherfucker. Nobody pays you to think. That's why you work your <laughs> 9 to 5. Fuck off. <laughs> God damn, so, you know, dude. Right? Am I fucking wrong on this shit? God damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing is, is Masada, you people don't get that because you're Masada 24-7. You know what I mean? <laughs> this, no, but I'm this, me, well, fuck. But no, but yeah, but that's you. You know what I mean? You're Masada 24-7. You know what I mean? That's break them. Fuck, that's, that's you, you know? I'm Scott Summers 24-7. Russell Hemby. It's the same fucking person. You know, everyone thinks it'll work. Masada will tell you. I'm crazier as fuck. But the fans... Fucking love it because when you get him, you get me, you get a Nick Gage, you know what I mean? You get a fucking well, like, you know? Yeah, it's you, like, well, bro, it's like, two, yeah. Well, two of my little brothers, like, David Starr and Sammy Callahan told me to go get on Twitter, and I got a Twitter account, and all I see is just people talking shit. <laughs> like, you're never going to yeah. say any of this shit to nobody's face, you little punk. Yeah, man. That's you know what I mean? And that's where man. I say the word. And people people give me heat for this shit, but that's why you're a fucking faggot. You know what I mean? They don't mean about your sexuality. You're just a little bitch, dude. Yeah, but, man, you know that's I mean? the power of the Internet. That's the power of the Internet gangsters. That's the power of, I said that one know, time on Cocabana's podcast. He's like, oh, he said the F word. What, I say fuck? No. <laughs> like, I don't think that well, way. Sorry, I'm from the South. I'm from fucking, I was born in 81. Like, sorry, motherfuckers, your panties getting a wall on that shit. I don't give a fuck. I'll say what the fuck I want to say. You don't like it? Fuck off. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. man. Hey, it's a power of the internet. Everybody's a tough guy behind a keyboard or a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the last time so I checked, right. when they when they turn off this podcast, J Cat, they stop being tough guys. You know what I mean? When this podcast, you know what I mean? When they leave your podcast, they go they go and do their thing. Masada and leave us. When we leave this podcast, we're gonna still fucking be us. So. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we work, we both work hard. We're all gonna we're gonna give you your money's worth, and we're gonna bust our ass for you and your company. 
And, and Jay, you've hung out with both of us, man. We're super chill and mellow. But until yeah. somebody pisses us off, we're just like, dude, you want to go? Let's go, motherfucker. Don't be running your mouth, bitch. Yeah. Take this shit to the street real fucking quick, man. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. It's just how it is. So, like, I'm not here to fucking sell daughter. you cookies, man. Yeah. He need a hug. Following the UAW trip. Following the UAW trip, it came yeah. up the big other fiasco with Corp and his Kill 'em All Cup. And initially, you were booked on it. You know, obviously uh-huh. everything can happen, happen. But, Scott was booked um, you know, on it too, opinion? yeah. I, I honestly don't know what to make of that, you know what I mean? You're like, Corp's like one of my boys, you know what I mean? So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. I heard, hear some sure legal issues, but going in, I didn't know any about anything about it. I had an idea about it, but I was going to be after the tournament. But then, you know, mm-hmm. slowly, slowly, you know, the show's coming up, and it's coming up, and it's like, I don't have a flight. And like, well, fuck, dude, I'm going to take two bookings, one with NYWC and one for Next Level Wrestling. Like, like, I made my money. I can't go off a of hearsay. So I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if the fans got refunded. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure an intention's in his heart. He wanted to do it, but it just didn't work out. All right. Yeah, so, um... So I mean, last year you, you went into King of the Death. Um, mm-hmm. You had a, you know you had a lot of good shit. You tore it up, but one thing you definitely had to do is you had to follow a 50 minute death match that Nick Gage yeah. and John Wayne Murdoch put on. And yeah. I mean, you went out there and <laughs> tore it up with Tremont. What was your thoughts mm-hmm. going into you know a match following a 50 minute death match? I mean, seriously, like, I was going to the bar constantly, and people would be like, I'm oh, so unprofessional, he's drinking at the show. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, like, fucking Scott and I have a thing, it's called Jagged Edge. Fucking, we're not straight edge, we're Jagged Edge or Serrated Edge, so get over it, motherfuckers. <laughs> but, like, I see people with fucking the t-shirts that say sober on them, we're intoxicated, so fuck off. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's just me joking around, but, uh, not really, but, uh, anyway. No, I mean, like, I seriously went to the bar, I went back out, I was like, holy shit, they're not done. Went back to the bar, had another beer, went back out, holy fuck. Take two more shots, and I was like, damn, these motherfuckers are killing this shit. And I look at Tremont, I was like, man, what the fuck, dude? I think Tremont and I went, like, almost, like, 35 minutes or, like, 36. Like, we tried to go up with that, but it's like, they already did everything, man. You know, Nick Nick wanted to go out there and fucking kill it like he always does and prove a fucking point that we that guys that do fucking gimmick matches can fucking go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guarantee you, you can mm-hmm. even book Nick Gage in a fucking straight-up technical match. You can't punch. You can't throw clotheslines. You can't do dropkicks. You can't do this, this, and this. He'll go out there and still do 60 minutes. So yeah, I get to the time, too, that, 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 that Twitter shit of getting downplayed. Like, man, society in general is a bunch of fucking pussies. Like, that's how it is, man. They're a bunch of fucking pussies. Like, the generation of the 90s, man, you guys are fucking punks. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, like, somebody's going to take this about Masada saying he's going to the bar, and they're going to be like, oh, see, you to run professional, da-da-da. Look, okay, whatever he does before he wrestles, I'm going to tell you this, okay? Masada will hurt himself before he ever hurts anybody else. You know what I mean? One of the safest, I put my life in his hands all the time. And the same goes for me, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people, you know, they, they, you know, I know people that get fucked up before they go out there. And of course, you know, you don't want to fight some dude or wrestle some dude that's all fucked up. But, you know, someone will take this and be like, oh, we're going to listen to the podcast. And he gets, that's not what he's fucking saying. 
I wouldn't yeah. trust nobody more with my life than a Masada, you know what I mean? Than a Brigham. Right. Or even, uh, like, you know, yeah, or, or a Zandig. You know, it's, I've heard these things about these guys, and, you know, I know that. And I know I had to say it, because I know that's what someone's going to say. Well, look, they're getting fucked up, you know. All he's saying is, is he kept going to the bar, and the match wasn't over, because, you know, Twitter, Facebook, everybody hides behind it, you know, and everybody, it's their chance to be a star, you know what I mean? It's their chance to right. inter- interact with the wrestlers, you know, and some wrestlers, they get into it with the fans, and it's like, well, be bigger than that. Why are you arguing with the fucking quote-unquote mark? Like, be bigger than that, you know what I mean? You know, you don't, you don't, you don't see fucking, fucking LeBron jabber John with a fucking fan. I mean, it's happened, you know what I mean? It's like, get over it. Like, that's why so many people... Blood, Twitter, and all that, because you can talk shit to that person. You'll never have a chance to ever be in touch with that person, you know. And it's just people's chance to be, you know. Everybody's, everybody's a fucking genius, you know what I mean? Everybody gets on there. Yeah. We've all seen it where a wrestling show happens, <laughs> or there'll be a paper and everybody gets on there and like shits it or shits on it or or whatnot. And it's just like opinion is welcome, cool, but shut the fuck up. You can't even, you can't even fucking get over. In a house full of thirty people, but you're gonna sit here and tell me how fucking <laughs> Roman Reigns can't fucking work. Shut the fuck up. You yeah, know? Right. Uh, idiots have never even taken a bump in their life. Like Masada doesn't bump. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's just that just that means they're not watching. Then they just don't watch. You know what I mean? They don't watch. Oh, uh, there's fucking they idiots, dude. They're fucking. They don't watch what he idiots. does. Those yeah, that was the thing. That was the thing that we tried to build up. Like, you know, I'm not smart about a lot of things, but I can fucking put some shit together as far as like. Storylines and all that. Sorry to break fucking kayfabe because I'm a tawny motherfucker. I never do. But I even told him there's this thing where like Masada has to beat me in like ten matches. You know what I mean? And it was yeah, not to get myself, but push it. So I looked like a legitimate threat coming in. Obviously, he fucking dropped me on my head and busted my ass and beat me. But you know, there was this little things where it's worked under places. You know what I mean? I'm wrestling for a company called Heavy on Wrestling in Minnesota, and it's are studded this weekend, and they listen. Because, like, I try to help with storylines. I like being creative, and it's never about booking myself on top or putting me here. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I enjoy... Everybody likes painting a picture and seeing it come out badass. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. it's like the bookers the bookers will ask me, hey, man, what do you, you know... I like your creative part, and my father will tell you, like, I'm, prob- I'm probably in the wrong part of this business. I probably should be, should be writing stuff and helping you. You know, there's people who have a great mind with the pencil and they, they book and stuff. It's just, I enjoy that. And that was part of it, too, is, hey, man, you know, he, we have such a, a rivalry because that's my little brother and we're going to go to war like brothers. You know what I mean? And we're going to fight, but you mm-hmm. know, that's my boy. And we had a history. And that's what the end of that match was, was, you know what I mean? I was like, Masada, you didn't finish the job. Do it again. And that's, that's kind of what that was all about. But, if, I mean, and if that's going to be business for myself, I, fuck it, you know? I, yeah. Yeah, Masada, you had um the the Nick Gage Invitational. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know some some last minute changes. You know, Gage not being there, things really no. turned around. Where I mean, under most cases, that would be a disaster. The tournament ended up being phenomenal. I mean, right. you know, a small tournament compared to like a King of the Death match that tore it down the same year. A small tournament went up there to kind of rival that and really go down as one of the best death match tournaments of the year. Um, mm-hmm. You had to do a lot of improv because, again, Gage not being there. Gage was set up first round to wrestle um, 
Nate Hatred. I highly doubt that Hatred was going over. I'm no booker, but chances are Nick was going to go over. You end up in second round with Nate Hatred, a guy who hasn't been really seen for a while in wrestling, and you guys just absolutely tore it up. You know, Mm -hmm. what what went into, like, putting that match together and stuff and clicking up with a guy who hasn't really been doing it for a while? No, I mean, the thing is with that is just like, you know, like you said, like Nikki not being there, a lot of improv, a lot of things going into shit. Uh, you got to look at the the lineup. Like everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's followed each other's careers. They know their move sets, and it's just go out there and kill it. With Nate, Nate was so like I guess paranoid that like things were gonna be like difficult. It's like dude, just go out there and fucking kill it and just treat it like a shoot. Like that's all it is. And I love that match, man. That's actually one of my favorite matches of that tournament. Because we just went mm-hmm. out there and fucking do what we do. You know what I mean? I have to call a bunch of bullshit in the back. Fucking just go out there and fucking do it. He's a fucking monster. Fucking goddamn, dude. He's a big son of a bitch. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man. I mean, you have everybody that clicks and they already know each other. And like I said, you know, uh, did a kind of promo where it's like, you know, there's a brotherhood back here. And that's what it was. You had different generations of, like, deathmatch guys with each other. Like, you had the old generation, the middle generation, and the new generation. It was fucking cool. You know what I mean? How often do you yeah. see that? So, for me, that was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, first round, you went out there with Corp, and, you know, some of the coolest fire spots I've seen in a long time. Um, I mean, the explosions on those fire spots are crazy. You were on fire for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what was your thoughts on that, that match and everything that went down? Oh, same thing. Like, every match I did in that tournament, uh, Corp, Nate, and then Danny, like, I enjoyed all three of those matches. Like, that was a great tournament. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, I enjoyed match with Corporal. Fucking, uh, we were supposed to do sheets of glass, and then they brought back these little paints, and it's like, okay, well, what can we do that's, like, different? And I'm, like I said, I'm big on, like, setups. So what can we do with that? You have some cinder blocks, lighter fluid, we'll light it on fire, and we'll set up the little panes and tape them up to the bottom rope. That was corpse and I, my idea, something different. You know what I mean? Kind of like what yeah. Russ was saying earlier, or Scott was saying earlier, it's like deathmatch wrestling gets stale. Uh, setups get stale. Set it up differently. Something that people are going to get them talking. You know what I mean? So I enjoyed it. You know, right. it was fun. Fun for yeah. bleeding out. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. A lot of blood. Um, Scott, you, earlier this year you had mentioned uh, about uh, Eddie Kingston and how you, you knew you'd click up with him. You got to wrestle him earlier this year. You know, what was it like, you know, getting in there with him? And, again, you know, Kingston's one of those guys that uh, is underrated to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that's my dude, man. He uh, Masada had told me, like, Masada was with him in Germany. He's like, bro. He's like, I, he would be talking to Eddie, and then he would – like just look at me, Greg. Man, you remind me of Scott so fucking much. And then, uh, like Lynn said the same thing. So I met the cat, bro. It was like we were we were homies within two minutes. Dude is, dude is like salt of the earth, hella good dude. He's got a great mind for the business, though, man. His his head, and you know, and he was one of the guys. Like his promos moved me. You know what I mean? If you don't believe somebody in what they're saying, and it's not organic, you know. And he just like, yeah, it's awesome. He's one of the guys that you know let me know it's okay to speak your mind and it doesn't, you know, who gives a fuck what anybody thinks. And uh, yeah. it was it was fun. It was fun and I hope to link up with that, with him real soon. He's uh, very underrated, man. I, I don't know how he doesn't have a job. Like, 
the dude, you know, because wrestle the talking in wrestling is a, is a lost art, you know, and he and the thing is he can wrestle too, but it's just you yeah. know some people some people can talk to people in the building. He's one of those guys, you know. I I believe he could, you know. I I hold him up there with like. A, you know, a Moxley and people like that. When that dude, when that dude wants to talk, he can go. You know, with the best of them. So, yeah, he's a dude's a beast, man. Legit, good at everything he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's one of the best talkers in the business, hands down. I mean, he he puts emotion and passion into shit like none other. Mm-hmm. Easily, that's like one of the things. Like, like what Scott was talking about. It's like. Eddie and I were on a flight. We had a layover in England going to Germany, and it's like talking to him. It's like sometimes I felt like I was talking to Scott. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. motherfuckers will click automatically off the bat, man. They have the same mindset, fucking same style, like fucking same mentality. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And Scott, I want to ask you because I know I, I, you're a Pats fan, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, you 49ers fan. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, speaking of pussies, like, what's uh, what's your thoughts on this continuous inflation, deflation bullshit that that seems to be never dying, and they're now bringing it back up? Um, well, considering the game they're talking about, that uh, with Garrett Blunt ran for like two hundred yards, you could have put a beach ball in that dude's fucking hand. You know what I mean? Look, right, and it's not just because it's the Pats. The Pats are just horrible at cheating. They get caught. Everybody cheats in the NFL. And if you don't think that, you're fucking stupid. Everybody does. It's a multi-million dollar business. You do what you do to fucking win. You know what I mean? It's like you can't take gimmicks, right? And, they, you know, they test you and all that stuff, but then they're going to shoot, you know, they're going to shoot Tony Romo full of shit, and he can't throw his shoulder for the next three days. How is that any different? It's a multi-million dollar company. I, I don't know why they don't let it die, you know? I think maybe – they got over on them, you know what I mean, and it pissed them off. Kind of like, you know, kind of yeah. like they're going into business for themselves, and they got over on the big boss, and <laughs> they're pissed off. <laughs> so, so they're pissed off, mm-hmm. and it just keeps coming back. I mean, you know, not even that I'm just a, not even that I'm just a Pats fan. I mean, the 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 road to the Super Bowl looks great for them now that Denver's gone. You know what I mean? Like it's wide open, even more than it was last year. So it. I don't know, man. You know, I hate it. There's always politics in all sports. You know that. You know, like yeah. I, I uh, I'm, I'm a huge old school, old school, like Tom Rathman, Montana fan. And when they signed Chip Kelly, I was like, well, I, I, I think that's garbage. I think that dude's garbage. I think he's not, like, he's just not. He just doesn't have the, 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 the personality. You know, he's not a Pete Carroll. He's not a. He's not a Belichick. I think those guys have that personality that that fits with the pros. Chip Kelly obviously rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, pol- well, politics. So, but politics—that's why he's there. He, whoever he knows or blows, he's there. I don't know why they don't let the Pat thing go, brother. I, I don't. I think, you know, I mean, but they're highly successful. So fuck it. So maybe you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe people just—I I don't get it. You know, and people people talk yeah. all the trash they want. You know, and you always hear. Oh, it's the system and the but. I mean, Brady's a man, you know. A couple, you know, a couple plays go the other way because goddamn Eddie Kingston's giant. But a couple plays go the other way, and Brady's got six rings. You know what I mean? And we're not even having this conversation. Yeah. But you know, but it's it's yeah. who knows? But I, I don't know. I, I saw it and I just it irritates me. I just want to get four games of the of the uh, of the season. So 
Who knows? Probably politics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think that? You're a football guy. Would you think it's the politics? You know, he kind of embarrassed him. He was like, fuck yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just he, he can't let it go because it's a loss on his end, and he's not trying to take that loss. But as far as Chip Kelly, I, I, I want to give him a chance. The Philadelphia Eagles are losers, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna well, base right. my opinion on Chip Kelly with the Philadelphia Eagles being losers. They're born losers, so you know he was great in Oregon, <laughs> and we got a way different system. So right, <laughs> I mean. That's a, I'll give him his chance in San Francisco. See what he does. Well, I'll tell you this: but, uh, if he keeps Kaepernick, Kaepernick's the great quarterback for him. You know what I mean? He's got to have yeah. athletic quarterbacks, and I mean that totally works for him. I just don't like the guy. But who knows? Yeah. So, um, Masada, um, you went back, like you said, you went back into Ring of Honor, um, did like an open challenge type deal, I think it was, for with uh, Roger Strong. You know, what was it like hitting back uh-huh. in the Ring of Honor? What was your reaction like? Uh, the reaction was awesome from the fans. I didn't like the match, you know. Uh, it goes to just dealing with people that don't want to go out there and actually do something good. And then the funny thing is, like, Scott and I were actually in Austin and we were watching the match, and they cut half the match. So, all the offense, all the chain wrestling I did, they just cut it out. So you didn't even see it. But if you listen to the crowd reactions, it's like crowd's like popping big time. And it's like you watch the match, it's like, why did they pop so big on that? It's like it's the story of what the match was. It was pulling teeth, well, yeah. you know what I mean? But it was, it was pulling also, teeth it was working with Roger. That, but it was also that this, this, this you know, piece of shit death match wrestler who doesn't know how to work was out wrestling this fucking champ. And they can't fucking have that on TV because, yeah, I mean, Masada made him look good, and it was a good match. You know what I mean? He made him look great, but there was there were some times where he did shit where you could just tell Masada knew more than this guy. You know, Mister Backbreaker, Mister Mister Fucking, you know, technical genius. The fuck out of here! He got schooled, and they knew it. Yeah, they cut half the match. Like I watched the TV. I was supposed to get ten minutes on TV, and they cut cut it. It was like five minutes. And, like, they caught so much of my, like, my offense and, like, shit that looked good. And, like I said, it was just, like, technical wrestling. And it's, like, that's the whole point. Like, I do death matches. I'm trying to get that stiff off me. I'll keep it. I'll fucking take it priorly. But I want to get out of it so I get more bookings out of it. And right now, the only promoter that's actually really jumping on that is uh, Shane O'Neill. I wrestled Tony Nese. Fucking killed it with him. Uh, Jonathan Silver at uh, Next Level Wrestling. Like, they're actually putting me in just straight-up wrestling matches. Like, Something different. Yeah. But to be back in Ring of Honor, it's been 11 years not being there. Company slowly changed. I think Hunter's doing a good job. I think a lot of things with the product, though, watching it, if you watch one episode and you watch the matches, you've seen them all. Uh, all right. The matches are very, I got to get this combo hit in here and do the same spots. Well, that's not what Ring of Honor was before. ROH was always about doing something different. Everybody did something different. Every show, every show, every show. It was something different, something different. So... You know, but it's going for that, that TV-style lineup that you have to have your signature move, your signature thing that you do. I get it, but at the end of the day, that's not what Ring of Honor was built on. But to be back, man, it was sure. cool, and hopefully you go back. But who knows, man? I ain't holding my breath. Right. What did you think? Um, <laughs> did you see it? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't see it. That's why I was asking you what the reaction was like and everything. 
Oh, I mean, the crowd reaction was badass. And the funny thing is, like, I don't even wrestle in North Carolina. And I got a big reaction coming out there. People know who the fuck I am. And mad props to Steve Carino. Steve Carino put me over, like, a million bucks, you know? Like, Steve's smart for the business. And he's the reason why, same thing. Got a lot of respect from people. Like, he knows his shit. And uh, hearing the commentary, that was more interesting. That was more interesting to me than actually watching the match itself. I didn't like the match. The match could have been a lot better. And I was... Trying to do different things and like, hey, I want to do this. My neck hurts. I can't do that. And it's like, man, this is bullshit, you know. But whatever. I call it how it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll fucking go out there. My knees, dude. My knees still jacked up. I still go out there and fucking bust my ass, dude. Like, don't give me this shit that your neck fucking hurts. What, what bumps have you taken? <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn, dude. Hey, I'm a broken hey, shit fucking elbow. Hey, I'm still hey. wrestling. Hey, Masada, you better rub some dirt on it. Because if I wrestle you in uh, the game changer <laughs> thing at Zandig, I'm going to kick you in the dick. Just so you know that. <laughs> you know, you're dick kick city, man. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's even like um, right now. What? It's like I'm doing MMA training because I'm tired of pro wrestling. I'm tired of fucking people's little bullshit, you know? Like, I want to branch out, do something different, you know? Going to cage fighting and fucking. I already hey, want to yeah. fucking half, half of everybody in this business's asses, and they know I want to beat the fuck out of them, so they're not going to fight me, so I'll just go in the cage and go fight somebody that fucking wants to fight. Hey, J-Cat, he's so angry, man. Like, we need to have, I'm going to have an intervention with him later. He's so angry. <laughs> hey, like, J-Cat, you know, like, people were asking me about, uh, about Joker, because, you know, that's who I, I drew in the first round of the Diggs thing. Right, right. Right? The, dude, the dude's a fucking beast. The dude, I, like, I, I've seen his shit. I love him, but check this out. This is how you sum that up. Me and that motherfucker are going to fucking throw down and go to war. Watch. Hey, Masada. Mm. Describe him and, like, your thoughts. When people tell you Scott's numbers and Joker, he'll tell you. Well, that's going to be a fucking fucking battle. That's going to be a stiff-ass fucking hard-hitting match. Fucking, that's one of those matches that are probably going to go fucking 50 minutes. You know, <laughs> if somebody yeah. didn't get knocked out. And that's being, like, yeah. legit knocked out. Balls to the wall, yeah. fucking full force, don't fucking pull no fucking punches. Go at it. That's yeah. one of the things that's yeah. funny. The, the one WrestleCon that they did in fucking New Orleans, like I, I said this, and everybody was there. You had guys from Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, CCW, uh, Evolve. Like, everybody was there. It's like, man, I want to fucking see a legit tournament with everybody going ball, like straight up fucking shoot fighting and see who's on top of that motherfucker. Because you ain't doing no flips in that shit. <laughs> see who wins. <laughs> see who yeah. wins. And that was all based off hitting you, a punching bag, hitting that I fucking stupid you, bag that fucking does the rating. I guarantee you, yeah. in my match with Joker, there will not be any backflips. <laughs> no. I'm excited. Unless somebody's getting man. thrown over someone's head and landing on top of it, it's fucking. Oh. Unless I. That's the only way there's gonna be a backflip in that. So, but I'm excited about that, man. And you know, we're gonna it's, it's gonna get it's gonna get talked about, and we're gonna throw the fuck down. And my goal, my goal is to fight Masada, and that's the truth. Because you know, when we do it, you know, there's lots of great guys in this business, deathmatch wise, and they're, they're very talented. And I'm not, you know, maybe not even be on their level. But when I go with Masada, there's a level of believability. You know what I mean? It's like if yeah. Nate and Nick Diaz are fighting each other. We're brothers. We have to, like, outdo each other. And it's it's a respect thing, and it's, it's you know, makes each other look good at the same time. It's, it's something that happens with us every time. We had a match with a TV, J. 
JCAT. A flat screen TV is all these people brought us to have during our match. A flat <laughs> one one flat screen TV. That's it. You know what I mean? And we yeah. rocked the house, and it was one of the funnest matches ever because it was just like, you know, what do we do? Like, you know, we instead of being screwed, it's like you said, we just thought out of the box and it was something different. You could have filled the ring full of crap and you know this and that and toys and skin, but why? It was just one flat screen TV, and it made us think out the box and have a great match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, Masada, you know, speaking of that tournament, you got you got uh, Brian Woods in the first round. Zandig has been doing mm-hmm. a lot of talking online about the young guys going to take this, that, you know, you, you've you been too long in the business, that this, this young mm-hmm. up-and-comer is really going to make a statement and this and that. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, what's your thoughts going into this match and, and proving it? Because, again, you didn't really – you know, work too much for Zandig back in the day. Like, what's your thoughts going in to try to prove what you're all about going in here? Well, I mean, it's a suicide beast against ultra-violent beast. So, I mean, just go out there and fucking do what I do. I always change shit up. I mean, you watch every one of my matches. There's always something different, you know, and I'm constantly learning new shit, you know. Like I said earlier, it's like I'm doing MMA training. So, we'll see how it goes, man. Fucking, I'm not worried about it. Fucking, it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm sure about that. But, yeah, I, I saw the comments that he's, you know, young blood's hungry and he's going to take this shit. But, you know, whatever. That's an opinion, you know. Everybody's got an opinion. The only thing is when I say shit, I'm, I'm factual with it. Like, if I say you fucking you're a bitch, you're a bitch because you are a fucking bitch. When I it's say factual. shit, I, when, I, when, I, when I say shit, it's because I have, I have Tourette's and it kind of comes out. <laughs> no, nah, but we, we, we'll see how it goes, you know what I mean? Like... Just go out there and fucking tear it up, you know. Fuck each other up. That's yeah. what it is. I think I think Masada wins via sunset flip. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bust out that 450 splash. It's been 15 yeah. years since I've done that. So they're not. It. They're <laughs> not ready for that. They're not ready for that. You could do the 450 yeah. splash through the glass pane. <laughs> but yeah, fucking, yeah. you can't dictate anything. You know what I mean? You just can't. Hey, what I want to yeah. know, hey, like, speaking of that, like, because I want to talk about that, what about Janella and Zandig? Because, <laughs> like, oh, that's going to be crazy Zandig, as shit. Like, everybody thinks Zandig's going to put Janella through the earth, but I have to tell you something. Myself. That Janella's fucking crazy, dude. Like, that dude does some crazy shit. And he's literal. Like, I don't know how. He, you know what I mean? How does he bounce back from that? He's just, he's like, rubber man. Like, that dude is one of the best hidden talents in the Indies. Swear to God. Janelle and A.R. Fox and Paul London, they're in that same boat. Like, fuck, man. How are these motherfuckers still walking? Like, Jesus. Yeah. I think John's going to bounce him around like a beach ball, man, to be quite <laughs> honest with you, because John's a big motherfucker, dude. And he's yeah, no I'm fucking chump. No, hey, man, I'm not he's picked Toby. He, dude, he shoot picked up Toby Klein. Military press him on the shoot and fucking launch his ass. It just did yeah. it. And fucking Toby's three times bigger than Janela, so fuck man. Yeah, but like, I'm gonna be watching you, that watched, shit. <laughs> I watched I watched, yeah. I watched uh Necro throw Janela off the like, building when he was wrestling on and then when I wrestled him, I closed lined him and he backflipped and face busted on a chair and uh, it's it's gonna be great. I'm excited, man. Like that that right there is going to be an amazing show from top to bottom, no matter what. 
So Easy. Masada, hopefully, Masada is going to get through Woods, hopefully, because you know what? He's right. So they bought the best talent and and the fresh talent, right? And we'll see what happens with me and Joker. I'm not stupid. Joker's dangerous, man. I know all about him, and I've asked. But, well, y'all need to, you know, but you uh it's, I, I'm excited. I can't fucking talk. It, it just excites me because it's fun. And, I mean, when do you ever get to see a Janelle? When did you think you were going to see a Janelle versus Zandy? You know what I mean? Who the yeah, hell yeah, yeah. That? That's what makes it exciting, you know? That's what makes it, or a summer's joker. <laughs> I'm a sod in woods, so, I mean, I'm that's the thing too nah, with Joey, you know, man. I'm I'm glad. I'm happy Joey finally got out of like that Starman bullshit with fucking PWS because he's on his own. Fucking, he's doing his shit. You know, he's blowing the fuck up. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's good for yeah, him, man. For sure. Fucking him, him and Leo Rush going out there and killing it and seeing the shit they do. Fucking, they're awesome. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're tearing it up. Um, so Scott, I mean, what what goes into you heading into the East Coast. Now, you know, On Point Wrestling, you've torn it up there. You, you got in the Tournament of Dust. You made a, you know, big statement there. You know, what goes into you going into this tournament where you're going to get a lot of new eyes on you against a guy like Joker who a lot of people do know and, you know, is, is known for being a, a stiff, bad motherfucker? Like, you know, um, what's your thought process going in? Uh, prepare, you know what I mean? Train hard, prepare. It sounds cliche, but fuck it. Like, see it, you know, and this isn't, it's not about putting myself over, getting myself over. I don't give a fuck. I truly and really don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm scared, dude. Scared gives you fear and fear and fuels you, you know what I mean? And I, I love it and I'm excited. Like it's sometimes, you know, okay, when you, when you go get somebody, you know, and you know, get complacent and comfortable. You see what I'm saying? There, this, there's no, I don't know. The dude the dude is a beast and it's awesome and my goal is to tear it down. You know what I mean? It's just to tear it down. Whether that's my only match, whether I get through that match with him, whatever happens it's just to tear it down because I've had a good track record of going up there. And you know, and you know what I have to thank you, Jay. All in all, at the end of the day, him not bringing me back has motivated me. You know? And hopefully someday it'll happen. You know, and if it doesn't, cool. No hard feelings. The dude ain't never going to come to my face and say nothing to me. And I wish he would, and we would never have to. You know, but by him not bringing me back, it's motivated me. That's why every time I've gone up there, thanks to people like On Point, thanks to Game Changer and Zan digging them, my match, it, 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 it's kind of like, oh, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't belong. Right. Or, oh, it's, it's, it's motivated the shit out of me, which is great. So, in a way, you know, I should be thanking DJ because it, it's motivating me. Because, you know, Masada, would he, he was there for a couple, and then he was here, and then he's like, you keep hearing about these fucking matches you have. And you guys know him. He's an asshole. He's not easily impressed. So I just, it's it's a joy, and I'm blessed to, to you know, be given the chance to come there and, and do my thing. So, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm excited. It, 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 when, it's, when it's somebody who's really about it, you know, and you get to, you get to, wrestle or fight somebody on that level, it's exciting, man, you know? Yeah. Now, Masada, you know, they, they brought you back in the CDW, um, you know, last mm-hmm. year. You're, you're kind of away for a little while. Uh, it mm-hmm. didn't seem like they really had a place for you. They just kind of put you into, you know, different spots. And, you know, you worked – the Cage of Death match was more or less pieced together after, their, you know, Nick went back to jail and they had to uh-huh. – because that was going to be Tremont and Gage. 
So everything seemed kind of pieced together. And, I mean, the Cage of Death match was awesome. A.R. Fox in there doing shit he's not used to doing. And, um, you know, it came together real well, but it seemed like month to month they were just kind of putting you in whatever spot. Like, what does the future look like for you in CZW? And, you know, was Tournament of Death in the, in the works or what? Yeah, I'll be at Tournament of Death. Uh, not sure exactly what I'll be doing, but I'll definitely be there. Uh, Got to get my blood work done actually tomorrow. But uh, I'll be competing in that. Uh, I honestly don't know. You know what I mean? It's been a coin flip with everything. I know I was filling in for Nikki, and then uh, uh, me and Drew already had, like, a long issue of things that we were doing, like, before my knee blew out on me. So a year off and then coming back and fighting him and then fighting Rory. Uh, then after that, like, yeah, it's kind of like, well, who's the baddest of the baddest motherfuckers that we got here? Let's just throw the four of them in a uh, cage of death. So I honestly don't know. I don't know if there's any future things with rivalries. It's kind of like it's segment. It's like even when I had the the world title, like there was nobody there. You know, Danny Havitt and I had a feud, but now it's like we have a lot of respect for each other, so we can't even do that now, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. Like who's in there to fight? Like I really – I just want to go out there and start actually just doing technical matches, to be quite honest with you, and get that stupid death match shit off of me. Masada, you think yeah. if I uh, carry DJ's coffee, he'll bring me back to Tournament of Death, and then uh, we could wrestle and and show everybody that we can uh, do it without the gimmicks and weapons. I'll just carry his coffee. I'll be his little coffee bitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna be a gay Spikolsky in ECW? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. No, I honestly, man, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like everybody, like shit. Originally, I was supposed to beat Moxie for the title, and he got signed to WWE. And then Biff was there, and then me and him teamed, but then he went to WWE. Sammy just signed a contract with Lucha Underground. AR Fox and I, we did what we did, and he's in Lucha Underground. So I don't really know. Leo Rush just got picked up. A lot of guys are getting picked up from CCW, so I don't really know who I could feud with or what fans are even interested in. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, Ricky Shane Page has really tore it up since he's got there. They they seem to uh-huh. only have booked him with Danny Havoc for the most part, and then now they're branching out. Um, you know, what's your thoughts mm-hmm. on him? Have you worked with him before? Never. I've been on shows with him when he was young as shit in the business. I think AIW, and uh, to see him come up was great. I mean, there's one match. There's a few matches I would really like to see happen. I like to wrestle David Starr. And CZW, I would like to wrestle Dave Chris and Jake Chris. Jake Chris comes out of retirement. And those guys are my brothers, and I'd still like to wrestle with them because we just, we've been around the world with each other so many times and have never fought. You know, that's more or less yeah. like test your level. Like Dave and Jake and fucking Star, they're fucking awesome, man. Fucking great guys. Even go out there and tear it up with Sammy again, you know, that'd be great. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen last time because I was already booked in. Uh, uh, NWA Anarchy and already had arrangements and you know things misconversations and fucking misconstruing dates so it didn't work out I was in Georgia actually when I was supposed to wrestle Sammy but Sammy wasn't even there anyway because I think he went to Lucha so that's right. what it is so you know line them up man book me and fucking whatever it book me against go out there and fight I know Greg Excellence talking shit you know you talk shit that wasn't there fucking let's go motherfucker I'll fucking take that baseball bat and in your ass a fucking walking dead, motherfucker. I like how you want to be technical and you start getting all mad. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's heated yeah. shit. You're talking shit. You need a hug. 
He ain't talking shit. He ain't talking shit because you are not in the room. When you Jay, did he not? Did it? Did it? Greg room. actually not shoot on me on the mic saying Masada fucking ain't even showing up here talking shit. Let me shit. tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you yeah. something. Did he not? He hide shit on you when you weren't in the locker and defending stuff because people won't do it when you're in front of them because they'll get punched in the teeth. So that's so like, like I said you know, earlier, man. Before you even got on here, it's like people respect me or they fear me, man. Like fucking, you got a problem? Fucking say it in my face. Like say I it. I don't fucking face. care. <laughs> hey, you're cool. Yeah. Ido Ruji, had problems with me in Japan for so many fucking years. As soon as his ass got back or got on American soil, I not beat the fuck out of him. I still fucking like fucking put him over. I still fucking put a point. I'll beat the fuck out of you, dude. Like, hey, Jake, Ken, aren't you, aren't you glad that you had so much hate on your, on your show tonight? <laughs> I mean, dude, even fucking Necro, man. Necro and I used to butt heads all the time in Japan. It's like, fuck, motherfucker. Like, Big Japan's office likes you, dude. They don't think too much of me, but as soon as we're in fucking American soil, I'm going to whip your ass, dude. Fucking see what happened to him. He got knocked the fuck out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Legit shit. Ain't no Samoa Joe yeah. shit. That would no fucking work, motherfucker. Uh, Bring them all on, yeah. man. Fuck these fucking assholes. Uh. <laughs> oh, J-Cat, yeah, you're, you're... I need a beer. That's what I need. I don't need a fucking hug. I need a beer, oh, man. You need a hug. <laughs> I, I think I, you need a hug. It's Wednesday. I'm taking you to mass. You need, you need a hug, dude. But J Cat man, you're I think I think Kimberly I think Kimberly had it on her her Instagram. It's like the reason why I drink so much is because it prevents me from killing all you motherfuckers. Yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, J Cat for real, man. I appreciate you because you've always been one of my supporters, and I appreciate you letting me let me air it out. You know, if DJ wants if DJ wants to have an adult conversation, he could call me. You know, because I just get funny enough. He told me yesterday he did want to talk to you. <laughs> so. We're gonna have a adult conversation. Y'all patch it out, man. Fucking y'all go hug it out. Well, you know, I mean, it's it. You know, it is what it is. My thing is, is you know, I love wrestling. You know, and like I, I put over the project of ECW because I like the boys. You know what I mean? When I was there, they were so they were they were awesome to me, man. Them dudes were, you know, they took care of me, bust my head open. You know, and it's it's I like it because of the brotherhood. I'm not gonna get rich. I'm not gonna get famous. I like the brotherhood. You know, because people are running their mouths and you know doing this and doing this. Because you know, everybody's a tough guy too. Tough guys are in the room, like the saying goes. But I appreciate you, Jcat man, letting us get it out and having 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 the balls to have both of us on. Because believe it or not, this is me at a seven. Like I took my meds. I'm good. Masada just <laughs> angry and well, I, I gotta get I gotta get him like a. Uh, a, a hug and a Bible or something, so but I appreciate that stuff. And you know, everybody, uh, yeah, no worries, listening, man. man. Everybody listening, game changer, Zangdig tournament. Watch Joey Janela get thrown to the moon. You know, bunch of good guys, man. Me, me and Jerk are gonna tear it down. And I dare all you motherfuckers to follow. And that goes to Masada, you in the woods, and hey, man, come check it out. It's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. I'm just. I'm just glad to not go into business for myself right now. And I'm <laughs> Maybe I was. Maybe I was. Maybe I was. I don't know. But, yeah, man, Scott, Masada, I mean, if there's anything else you want to put out there, you know, the floor is yours. Um, again, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, both of you are welcome anytime. Appreciate it. I, I mean, yeah, man, I just like to Scott pretty much said it. Just check us out a Game Changer. Yeah, if your fans are out, man, you see Masada, just give him a hug, dude. He likes to be touched. 
Just give him a hug and tell him you love him. <laughs> just tell me I don't take bumps and matches, you fucking, fucking fucks. Just tell me I don't do that. Just hug him, man. Just hug him. He, he, the guy needs love in his life. You know, he's got hate in his heart. He's trying to let it out. So all you fans, I encourage you, if you see Masada, send him lots of love on Twitter. <laughs> send him lots of, give him hugs, man. He needs hugs. <laughs> hugs, hugs and high fives. That's what, that's going to be his world tour. It's going to be called hugs and high fives, but. Well, thank you. Like to the fans, much love and respect. Fucking the haters go fucking suck a dick. That's what you're used to. You still live in your mom's house, <laughs> fucking cocksuckers. He's not Tell me what the fuck I do, man. Masada does not. He's not. He does not gay bashing. Like he doesn't. I'm not. I'm not. Know that. Like, he's, <laughs> it's just, he's just. He's just. He's an '80s kid, and that's how he talks. It's like and when just I recently have, put a fucking video of me fucking destroy Kamoi. Hey, J.K., I know there's a problem when I'm Masada's voice or reason. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when, I have to, when I have to explain it, so. Uh, oh, no, man, J.K., you got big balls, bro. Your your last podcast with DJ, with Zandig, with us, man, you're doing it. You're doing it big, man, and people are talking, and I appreciate you. That's why we started talking about it, because at the end of the day, we're all in this together, all of us. You know what I mean? We have yeah, it. That's all we have, and, you know, it's it, it, it's our it's our love. It's all our love, you know. I appreciate you giving us this platform to act stupid and show everybody why we're as lunatics as we are. And you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But I appreciate you. And Masada, I'm I'm gonna lock my doors, and I don't want you coming over here. And I'm gonna go. I thought you were gonna give me a hug, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I am. But I'm gonna lock my doors. I'm gonna hug you through the, through the window. You, you got so much hate in your heart right now, but. Yeah, I Shit, I'm about to head over to Zombies, man. Fucking, I'm in New Braunfels right now. I head back to SA, go to Zombies, get some drinks in me. Fuck this shit. Work on my girlish <laughs> figure and take my vitamins and say my prayers, brother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You know, thanks for coming on. Uh, like I said, anytime. Anytime you got some Sweet, man. I appreciate you. Place to appreciate you, man. Oh, yeah. Sorry, All right, man. Appreciate right, it, bro. Take care. You too. Later, bro. So there you go. There's Masada and Scott Summers, two bad motherfuckers from Texas, right there. Um, <laughs> you know, two two of the guys you're gonna see on that that um that Zandig tournament of survival and unbelievable tournament. The lineup is fucking crazy. We're gonna be talking about this shit all the way to the tournament beyond that. So, um going to be great shit. Um, I recommend everybody checking that shit out. If if you got time to get tickets, uh, it's still not sold out. I think the front row, maybe second row is sold out, but hit them up, see what the fuck's going on over there. Uh, you know, that, that, that's what's up. Um, and still, if anybody wants one of them, um, them shirts I got, you know, hit me up for that too. Cause, uh, you know, I printed my last, my last batch of them just to, just to fill the Lord, the, the, Orders of the bigger shirts, because, you know, I had several people say, you know, I want a 2X, I want 4X, I want this and that. So I printed more of those, even though I didn't even make money off the fucking first ones, because I still got a shitload of those. So I got I got everything from medium to 4X, and when they're gone, that's it. You know what I mean? This is surely not a money-making venture. This is a matter of, you know... Look, man, I, I started putting this shit together when everybody was talking DJs and dig. And it was all about, you know, oh, fucking, this is what the Sandig era was. And nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. And it was just nonstop fucking 
people blowing DJ and trying to down fucking Zandig. And I'm all for you want to give credit to something DJ's doing, you like something you currently see, fine. But let's stop with the fucking revisionist, revisionist history and pretend like CZW was born, the good CZW was born when DJ bought it, because that's some old bullshit. My fucking love and passion about CZW was born in the fucking Zandig era. That was that special feeling that a lot of people, you know, Beckham, uh, you know, a lot of people have for ECW. That's what I have for CZW. And that that was born in the fucking Zandig era. Nobody's going to change my mind to that. No one's going to fucking tell me different or because Burns booked something. That was the wrestling because it's, you know, this and this is bullshit. Like I said, you know, like I fucking had printed on them shirts, I'm a John Zandig guy. This is, this is you know, what the fuck got me into the, in, into indie wrestling the way that I'm into indie wrestling. There would be no Yakuza Kick Radio if it wasn't for John Zandig. You know what I mean? The, you know, the knowledge of, of the different guys that I've, I've seen come through the indies came through CZW. I mean, it really was a place to fucking be. You know, half of the Ring of Honor roster came through CZW. A lot of the rest of it came through Jersey Opera or came through IWA Mid-South. Believe me, like, these were the roots. These were the companies that were the roots. But my my personal favorite and the thing that I dedicated my month in and month out to was CZ fucking W. And that was, that was John Zandig's fucking shit right there. So that's why I printed the shirts up, you know. And like I said, I'm I'm not a fucking vendor. I'm not a I'm not a traveling salesman. You're not gonna see me running around at a fucking show waving shirts in the air. I'm gonna bring them to the fucking Zandig show. I'm gonna bring them to Tournament of Death, and after that, you fucking order them offline for me, and I'll just fucking have them. Uh, you know, I'll stick them in a rubber made in my attic, and someone orders them, I'll fucking pull one down. Uh, they're sure as fuck not moving heavy, but hey, man, it is what it is. And uh, if you want one, cop one. I think the shirts are off the fucking chain. And, um, you know, like I said, hope one day, hopefully I'll make my money back. <laughs> but, you know, hey, man, like I said, I love the shirts. I wanted them to be made. It was something that nobody was saying, and I wanted it to be said. So if we can get a bunch of fucking shirts out in that crowd for that Zandig show and then fucking wear them again a week later to that fucking tournament of death, I'm a John Zandig guy and show the motherfuckers what you're all about. You know what I mean? That uh, that that's just my personal fucking thing. I know what the fuck I'm wearing to both shows. So that, that that's what's up. Anyway, um, I babbled enough. Like I said, uh, everything uh, with the races. I think I covered pretty much everything. Um, I'll see what's up as far as a guest for next week. I'm gonna try to keep this motherfucker rolling. Um, I'm gonna go get uh on Friday. I'm gonna go get more detail on my right arm on these uh on these stripes. I'm trying to get this shit more and more detailed. I'm just gonna keep going back and back and back, and um, you know, shit's coming out well. So I'm excited about that. And um, I also I went and I got my hot peppers. So pepper season is officially motherfucking started. They're chilling in my laundry room right now because the weather's being a bitch. But um, you know, hey man. Everybody knows when I start growing these fucking peppers, shit's shit's popping off. And, um, you know, this summer you'll hopefully see some more fucking insane lane fucking pepper challenges. And I'll be throwing down the fucking pepper pong in the backyard if I can get people to step up. I got 30 types of peppers right now. I'm probably going to push it to 32 when it's all said and done because there's a couple more local that I like to get. 
Um, and that's it, man. Shit is going down. It's going to be off the fucking chain. I'll be back next week. Um, hopefully have some more fucking wrestling to talk about and see what we get on the show. All right? Talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.